Like I have to imagine when you're down there spearing, like you're running that GoPro or whatever you got on for like hours no. or whatever. No, no. Are you, how, are, how are you doing that? I stopped, I stopped doing that because I was getting, you know, if you have a 64 gig or a 120 gig or, you know, whatever the yeah. numbers are for the, for the storage on the micro SD cards, you know, you put it in 4k, you only get three, four hours of footage and the batteries yeah. don't last that long anyway, especially when you're no. in the cold water. So I just, I basically stopped unless until I got into the fish, I was and just like, you, and you always have the quick capture on. So you hit it, you, dee, 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 you hear the, dee, the beats and then you're like, all right, now we're on. And that's what a lot wow. of what you see in the videos is me. People just think, um, if I, if I put up video, I have hours of footage of me just swimming on the bottom and not seeing a single fish. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, people don't understand. Like, right. like, you see me, like there's a fish and I shoot it. Like you didn't see the two minutes I was hiding behind rocks or throwing dirt in the air or trying to get them to come in or whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, you can't do it when you have, you know, limited time, especially you can't change your batteries out. At least I haven't figured out a good way unless you have a boat and towels. Because yeah. when you take the, the GoPro out, you put your wet hands on it, then you put it back in there, it warms up and that fogs up your entire housing. So yeah, that's done. Yeah, dude. I, yeah. And if it's, it's if the camera's lower than you, you're, whenever you're touching it, the water's always like you, you dry off yeah. your hands and you like yeah. reach down and then water drips down off of you, down yeah. to your hands. It, and you're just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So especially if you're doing a shore dive or you don't have a towel with you on like a kayak or a canoe or whatever, however you're doing it that day, it's, yeah. you know, you just, what you get is what you get and the, the amount of time that that battery lasts. So to me, it's like, take as few videos as possible. Yeah. If I had videos of everything I've seen, I would never be able to make anything with it because yeah, because it would take forever. When I would just and it's yeah. already hard enough to look through it all. It's like, oh, you know, you got six terabytes of of you know videos on your hard drives, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this like two times, and then I'm never gonna watch it again. It's like I'm starting to become real uh, selective on what I keep. <laughs> well, I tell you now, I'm now to me, it's almost like. I don't record shit unless I know I'm going to use it. I'm the opposite. Yeah. Now I'm just like, okay, can I use this shot? Yes. Hit it. Okay. Let's get this shot. Now I just know yep. it's almost like in my head. I'm like, okay, I remember every time I was thinking like, I'm going to use that. Right. That's halfway worth something. But after a yeah. while, you know, that's the only way to do it after a while. Cause you're just like, I mean, some of these guys, they'll take their time and you know, it's part of the whole adventure experience for them. They'll you know, know, make sure yeah. that, but that's just not, well, not me yet. Anyways, we'll see what I, how I do this summer. <laughs> right. I've always them. wondered like, you know, uh, like bass fishermen, um, or people like fishing, like guys who do YouTube fishing videos and stuff yeah. like that. Like they gotta just have like hours and hours of footage and like they fish for like six hours and like they record probably like five hours of the whole thing. And then the video is 20 minutes and they yep. put out, <laughs> like like looking through all that footage i'm just i'm nauseated by it <laughs> yeah i 100 agree man <clears throat> that's one of the things nice things about spear fishing i do have a lot of those videos from fishing back in the day and stuff like that um but just the spear fishing part like i said it's so much easier because i just hit the button i know when right. i'm recording i know what i'm doing so <laughs> it's not yeah close. it's not like i'm i have a it's a mystery when i'm gonna run into them like okay there they are i'm gonna start recording yeah. now i'm gonna start diving into them like, no yeah that makes sense when did you 
when did you like start start spear fishing? Like you're not you're not from the coat. You're not from. Or actually, you don't. You live in Mi- Michigan, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, you're from Michigan, so you're not like you know from California or the West Coast, East Coast, yep. South, or anything like that. Have you like always spearfish like in the Midwest? No, nope. I started in 2018. Was my first year. No shit. I it's something, it. dude. I've always wanted to do it, but it's I've I've shot a boatload of carp. Yeah. Um, bow fishing. Yeah. And literally. Me too. Yeah, Same. literally boatloads. Yeah, and so then I, but I've always wanted to spearfish, but there's never been a reason to, just because like all you're shooting are rough fish, which you can shoot from the boat anyway. Yeah, hundred percent. Dive for no reason. So I've always been like, the only reason I would is if I'm like trying to scout. Like, I I feel like I've never done it before, but I feel like if you really wanted to like learn a new lake, I mean, now with the the graphs that you can get from and the what do they call them? What live scopes? The, yeah, the live scopes. Yep. Now that you have those, like, it's it's not as appealing. But prior to those, like, if you want to learn a lake, why don't you just scuba dive the thing and then mark everything and then just go back and fish it? Like that would because been... scuba diving is is difficult and it's not yeah. exactly the safest thing either. <laughs> no, right, hundred percent. But at least like you know, putting some flippers on when it's warm and pair of goggles and going for it. You're not wrong. A lot of people just aren't comfortable in the water. You're, you know, it's just like swimming is some, for some people, they just be like, nah, I'd rather just stand on the boat and jig or throw cranks or (laughs) spinnerbaits. And you know, when I come to a good spot, I'll come to a good spot. And a lot of what I've been learning from spearfishing the last couple of years is translated to me being a lot better hook and line angler (laughs) because we understand how the fish use their environment a lot more. Like, Oh, guess what? You know why those those lulls come at certain parts of the day? Because these fish sleep. They'll literally just be sleeping on the bottom or sleeping in the weeds. And you're just like, oh, that's where they're at. They're just sleeping. <laughs> no wonder I, they're not biting. I did. Yeah, dude. I got so I am I am scuba certified. I did that for a college credit, which was hilarious. Nice. That's um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So and uh I remember one day I was going, we were out um on one of the lakes doing our like past our, our past fail certification portion mm-hmm. and i swam past and we, at the moment in the moment it was like a 35 inch pike like it was a, yeah. it was a tanker right in the weeds i was just swimming through these weeds in like i don't know 15 feet of water and i just look over and there's just this pike looking at me at like two feet and i was like <laughs> and it was just sitting there it didn't didn't even move just like sat there and i was like I reached out and I just touched it and then it swam off. And I was like, holy shit. Like, what are you, what is like, did you not care? Um, yeah. That's one of those questions, right? Like some fish will run and the other ones will be like, you're in my territory. <laughs> yeah, <what laughs> You don't you? belong here. What are you doing? Uh, Mr. Bubble maker. What's going right? on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then did you, so you started spearfishing in, in 2018. Was that only <clears throat> like only because like just for fun or was it because of this rule change or what? Yeah, no, uh, my brother did it. Uh, the Michigan spearfishing association held, they hold an annual tournament tournament and, uh, my brother did it and he posted some pictures on, uh, on Facebook and I seen it and I was just like, bro, what are you doing? Going spearfishing and not taking me. Cause here's a, I've been a swimmer and a lifeguard for, I don't know, for six years at one point so i was very familiar with the water very comfortable yeah. i used to go out 
to Lake Michigan and like Petoskey and certain areas and just go diving like in the water, just to swim around just because I love doing it. Yeah. And so when my brother was doing this, and I was like, what? I don't want to do this. And he was like, all right, we'll take you out. So we went out to Muskegon, dove on these jetties. And uh, I mean, that was instant, instant, instantly in love. I was just like, yep, I'll do this forever. And so we were just shooting carp and suckers and catfish, you know, whatever we were allowed to shoot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, the same kind of situation. It was my first time out and I had a pike big old pike probably 40 45 inches swam right up to me investigating me like what are you doing over here buddy it just <laughs> swam right up to me and i was just like whoa that's so cool you know that and is. then you know just seeing all the fish and i was just like all right cool and uh i was like all right let's go get some shit and uh do this for real because i just you know i was just and joe blow never done this before in his life <laughs> so yeah. i was like i had like a surf wetsuit on and just like some standard you know 20 dollars walmart fins and a mask and a snorkel you know nothing crazy just that's what i had yeah and uh that's all you really need if you really wanted to like just try it like you don't need much if the water is warm but um that was the first time i did it and i was like okay yep i'm gonna do this for the rest of my life so (laughs) (laughs) i was like let's go get some shit you know and i did and then uh that's kind of where the regulation change started to come into play i was just this time of year literally this time of year and what do you got to do nothing you just got to work right and it's cold and you know like whatever you're not doing anything so i was like i wonder why we can't shoot any of these you know other fish that we can eat or catch when we normally go fishing i was like you know i was like what's up with that a little bit of googling and you just start running across like oh the nrc is the you know the authority in michigan that has you know that you know that's their that's what their authority is to make rules about game fish and game species in the state and you can just give public testimony to you. All you have to do is email their secretary and be like, Hey, I'd like to, you know, present a testimony or a public statement to the commission about whatever. And they're like, all right, uh, you get two, you know, what is it? Three or five minutes. If it's, if it's an item on the agenda, I think they give you five minutes. And if it's a non agenda item, they will give you three minutes. She just gave me five minutes. I don't think they have a lot of people. So she was just like, yeah, hey, give them five, whatever, you know? and uh i was like all right cool so i went in there and i just i don't know i just typed up a speech you know actually i have it that's a lie that's a lie i didn't just type it i have a speech (laughs) and i was just like i was just like uh you know this is i talked to some people obviously and i was just like uh hey i want to i'm gonna go do this and people were like well uh you know we've tried that we haven't gotten anywhere but good luck uh here's what we said and i just kind of hodgepodge some shit together because i didn't know shit i was you know just learning yeah. And uh, I just showed up at a meeting in April and I was just like, hi guys, <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm an electrical apprentice with the IBW and, you know, whatever I said, you know, I said a bunch of things like it's hard, it, you know, it's a close, it's a, you know, a fairly uh, small season where you can harvest them. You know, we, we buy fishing licenses just like everybody else and blah, blah, blah. And one of the commissioners, John Walters, is our biggest fan. He was like, dude, you're 100% right. If you buy a fishing license and you can tell what kind of fish it is and what size it is, you should be able to shoot any kind of fish you want. And I was like, cool, <laughs> thanks, bro. <laughs> but me and my buddy Reed, we like we went to this meeting, we give the testimony, and we just leave because we don't know anything, right? We don't know yeah. that you want to sit around and talk to these people and meet them after or whatever. So we just leave. We just walk out the door like two minutes after we give the speech. Yeah. I walk out and these guys come screaming out the door. They're like, hey, waving us down. Like, stop, stop, stop. And we're like, what's up? And they're like, what are you doing? And we're like, we're going home. 
they're like they're like well you're not gonna hang out he's like here's my card you know i, I work with mucc and uh we love what you said you know we want to talk further about this all right cool and then commissioner walters calls me after the meeting's over he's like where did you go i didn't see you anywhere and i was like oh i don't know we left and he's like <laughs> you're gonna go to the fisheries division you're gonna talk talk with chief dexter you're gonna talk with those guys and we're gonna get this thing you know Rolling. we're gonna put this thing on wheels yeah no, I'm like, all right awesome you know i'm like i don't know shit but uh right. yeah he he gives me chief dexter's secretary's number his number everybody in the fishery he's like here's everybody so you start getting on everybody i'm like dope and i did i got with him he's like uh, i think it was june 26th was the day he was like hey i got a spot at 10 o'clock you uh want to meet up i'm like sure that's chief dexter i'm sorry yeah and, uh, at the fisheries division i'm like all right cool and so he was like we show up and it was me, my brother, Nate, and his buddy, James. We just show up and we're like, this is what spear vision is. We would like some better fish to eat. You know, we're not, we, we don't like just shooting fish and throwing them in the trash, like carp and drum or whatever, you know, whatever you're shooting. Yeah. Or, and we're just like, we would just, you know, we just think that there's more opportunities available if you guys are willing to look into it. And we showed them videos and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, cool. So kind of like a long segment of not hearing much from them. They were just basically internally feeling everybody out, right? Like, Hey, yeah. let's figure what this is. And while that was happening, I was reaching out to like, did you, did you specifically say like, we want to be able to shoot like bluegills and crappies and walleyes and pike and no, we, we, you, yeah, what'd we, you say? we kind of basically said like in my speech, I said, walleye, lake trout and, um, and northern pike right because you can already spear pike through the ice with yeah. you know with fish resort 219 22 so you could already do that uh walleye are just you know a really good eating fish and lake trout are another native species that are doing good and so we we're just like let's just see what we get with those yeah and that was the original proposal right that was my original like thought process and that was just kind of what they went with they're like well we'll just try these three and if we get somewhere with that then we can expand on it in further the, yeah in the future and the idea was like, you're, you're like, Hey, we're, we're diving. We're, we're seeing all these fish. Like I'm shooting, I'm shooting carp. I'm shooting drum. I'm shooting invasives. Yep. I'm coming across all these other fish. Like if I can tell the size, like regulation size, like as long as it's over whatever, 15 inches or 18 yeah. inches or whatever, as long as I can tell size, I have a bag limit of two or three, just like everyone else. Yep. It's very difficult. It's going to take me five, six hours to get my three or whatever anyway. Yep. Like, why can't I go shoot three walleyes versus just trolling a Rapala behind a boat? Like, ring, ring, ring. Right? <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's literally all it was. I mean, and, and if you want to look at fishing from a PR standpoint, right? Every year, whether it's hunting or fishing, the license sales are still trending down, right? You generally speaking, lose five to 10,000 fishermen a year, right? dang i didn't know but, that yeah i right? thought fishing didn't didn't like covid like skyrocket licenses Do i don't know i i don't know that but generally speaking i mean just at the last the last nrc meeting i was at in uh in december they were talking about uh sales trending down just generally okay. speaking but um i was just like hey you know if you want to get more people involved in the in the fishing realm you know maybe open up more opportunities where we're not just shooting fish and just discarding of them, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a, a PR issue. Um, yeah. if, you, if you look at it, right. Like spearfishing isn't great. If you just shoot fish and throw them in the trash, 
So it's like, hey, why not allow us to shoot some good eating fish and, you know, allow people to participate in that manner? Because a lot of people don't want to just shoot fish or, you know, they call it, you know, do no harm, you know, harm and handle or whatever. Eventually, if you catch enough fish, you're going to hurt one of them or kill them, right? You're going to gut hook them. We're going to give them the gills, right? Just back to matter. There's parts of that with spearfishing as well. You know, there'll be times where you don't make a good shot or maybe you hit them wrong and they'll get off or something you'll never be able to recover that fish you know that's one of those things it's not great but generally speaking when i see a fish i'm looking at the fish and i'm harvesting that one fish and that's it it's not like i'm just throwing a hook down there and i'm catching whatever i catch right you're like you know just like uh, when you're jigging on the river you snag half the fish you catch just because (laughs) they're not you know they're biting there's down there in massive numbers and you're just jigging you're just doing that and right Sometimes you grab one, right? Whether it's on the, you know, on the fin or whatever, but those yeah. fish are generally fine. But you know, when you're down there spear fishing, it's not like you're like, oh, there's a school of fish. I'm going to launch my spear into that and <laughs> hope I come out with something. No, you're like, right. okay, there's the one fish I want. I'm going to pick that fish and I'm going to shoot it. So yeah. by that, by that definition, I think we're doing a lot better job of not harming fish that we never intended to, right? You look down there, you say, that's the fish yeah. I want. That's the fish I'm going to harvest. You take that shot nine out of 10 times that fish is coming. I would say a hundred out of, you know, 99 out of hundred times it's coming home with you. If you're a good shot every once in a while. Yeah. You might make a bad shot or, you know, the fish reacts or something like that. Just like a deer, you know, when it reacts to an arrow, Sure. sometimes you hit them. And, uh, now that's one thing you hear about that and in the internet comments too. Oh, well, what happens if, you know, you know, you lose a fish or whatever. I'm like, yeah, it happens. You know, fish get hurt and they die. So do deer, but you don't, you know, you don't right. stop hunting just because. Oh yeah. You what happens you if what happens prepare if you yourself? Fish when you hook it, like you might exactly. hook it in the eye and you're ripping. You have no off. idea, exactly. So it's just like one of those things. It's just <laughs> like don't don't sit there and come at me with your illogical argument arguments because you don't like me spearing fish. And like that's fine. I don't right. really. But I mean, we're all here yeah. doing the same thing. What's the difference? And especially in Saginaw Bay, one of the things you learn going through all this is that the walleye in Saginaw Bay are absolutely overpopulated for the perch densities of, of um or perch maturity density so there's like seven to ten million walleye that call the bay home right now and they're eating all the perch so the perch aren't getting to maturity so they just open up you I pro- you've probably seen it the saginaw river is now open year round for walleye yeah that was because of that issue so if you're going to open up opportunity for year round then there's no reason not to open it up for other methods of harvest as well well yeah right? if you're trying to yeah if you're trying to decrease numbers yep right? then yeah have at it right and yeah if you want to talk about being effective like you're talking trolling rapala's six lines out while you're drinking a beer you know and doing all that you don't sit there and tell me what i'm doing is wrong no shit <laughs> when it's all the same you know we're just going out there it's a lot easier to troll for you know four hours instead of getting into the freezing cold water and i tell you what I basically stopped spearfishing like once you get into September. So I go from like June to September, you know, you get a, about a four month yeah. window when that's about really it. So it's like, it's just, you know, you get your naysayers, but hopefully, and hopefully doing dialogues and conversations like this, people hear more and understand like, Oh, it's not really that big of a deal. Cause apparently everybody thinks we're going to, not everybody, but there's a portion of people that think we're going to kill all the fish and it's kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, dude, I would, I would, I would equate that to the, like, there's a lot of unfound fears uh, yes. that people think are going to happen. Like when crossbows became legal in Wisconsin for deer hunting, yeah, yeah, people were like, "Oh, all the deer are dead. They're going to kill everyone. Everything's going to die." Like, 
no crossbows or no good like that. And there's still a lot of people who still think that. And yeah, I right. think I like I am I'm not uh I'm an advocate of crossbows for uh new hunters, younger kids, people who really don't like take the time at all to practice with a compound, yeah. or people who are injured or people who are like over 55. Like if you are if you're 25 to 30 years old and you practice all the time with a compound, uh, you probably shouldn't like go grab a crossbow. I don't care. It doesn't, I don't care though. Like it doesn't, it's not increasing. Wisconsin in terms of deer numbers has never hit the quota. Like there's always been more tags to purchase. Right. Yeah. So like, it doesn't really matter to me. Like it's, it's more of a matter of if you introduce all these different methods, right. And all these different yeah. seasons, if you are doing damage to the resource in that capacity, yeah. the DNR isn't doing their job. Simple as that. Right. They're not managing the resource properly. That's yep. then that's where people need to come in and say, Hey, you know, this is an issue, not necessarily the methods, right? Like, Hey, yeah, we want everybody to be involved. Right. Well, let's manage yeah. it better because if you are, if you're killing too many deer, then that's a problem on the DNRs half, they're not managing right. their quotas properly. And that's on them. Yeah. And that's where you have to tell them, Hey, you're not doing your job, right? Here's your evidence. Or then just right. talk to these. These are all public officials. You can get, find their information online and go and talk to them, email them, whatever. Right. Um, like, and yeah. And you're, and you're have those public earlier, meetings. <laughs> you're opening up. Yeah. Well, and to your point earlier, you're opening up opportunity for people who may not have ever hunted bow hunted before. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So like I had a, a friend of mine was like, I'm not super interested in guns. Actually, it was a coworker. He was like, I'm not really super interested in guns. Archery seems pretty difficult, but like, dude, I could buy a crossbow now for like 500 bucks and I can go fill my freezer with a dough or two. So, and he did his first year. He's like, hell yeah. I'm like, boom, there's yeah. one more, there's one more hunter. There's one more person buying licenses, buying right. Yep. And, putting towards this and being an advocate of it rather than against it. Right. Yeah. And so you're just like, okay, that's, that's the power of it. And it's like just infighting within hunters. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, as far as, no, as far as the, the spearfishing stuff goes, you're talking about how it's not so different. You know, you're giving more opportunity. It's not so, so different from people who are just running around trolling. Yeah. Um, so then Okay, so I'm sorry. You in the story, you you had went and talked to Dexter, um, yes, and then you had left, and there was uh, just a period of them him and hawing internally. Yes, yep. Trying to figure so things out. What I what I did after that was I was like, hey, I gave uh, a portion of my testimony was about non-coastal states in the United States that allowed freshwater uh, spearing of game fish. And I reached out to those uh, directors of those fisheries and said, Hey, why do you guys allow for spearfishing in your freshwater lakes? And they were like, cause we want the opportunities among the anglers and their you know methods to be equal. And we don't think we should discriminate against any angler based on their method, right? Whether they're throwing a spear through the ice, shooting them underwater, jigging them, trolling them, whatever. They're just like, you know, we, we have our resource managed in a manner that says, you take these fish within these size limits or whatever, we're fine. Yeah. So I was like, hey, what are the odds you could 
possibly here's his email, shoot him over a little bit of what you guys do and kind of get him interested and talk to him or whatever. And, uh, sure enough, I don't know how many of them did it, but I think four or five of them did it. And so that kind of, it was just always kind of being like, Oh, there's somebody talking about spear fishing and this is what they do. And then yeah. they show them what they did. And then Michigan out of doors, I kept tagging them on all my, you know, posts and stuff. And they were like, we want to do an episode. So I did an episode with them and that kind of, um, that kind of broke loose the next year. And when we did that, I sent that to the NRC and I sent that to the DNR and, uh, Dr. Herbst, who is my you so, know, right hand guy. What's that? I'm, so, I'm sorry. Real quick timeline. Yep. Like you started in 2018. Yep. You introduced this to the NRC in 2019. Yep. Spring so of 2019. Now, now we're in 2020, which is yep. the year after. All right. Yep. And you said Dr. Herbst or Yep. Dr. Herbst, Dr. Seth Herbst. He is the uh, fisheries regulatory and uh, unit affairs manager for the fisheries division. He's like Chief Dexter's number one man, like his right hand man. He always is at the meetings and everything. Um, so I did this uh, this episode with Michigan Out of Doors and it just kind of showed what we did and it just kind of really brought it to a good light. He was just like, hey, we went out this day. We didn't get a damn thing. But here's some video of John shooting some fish. And then they talked about what I was doing. And then Dr. Herbst used that episode and clips from it. So what they agreed on was the was February of 2020. So it's just before COVID happened, right? Um, I met with them one more time. They brought me in. They're like, John, um, we've talked and we've talked with other people and we understand what spearfishing is now. We're going to go, we're going to move forward with this on pursuing um, like they call it like a vetting process. Basically they have a bunch of different groups, committees that they will show all their new orders to before they um, recommend them to the natural resource mm -hmm. commission. They call them, you know, the warm water resource steering committee, the cold water resource steering committee, and, and a couple other like public, you know, input, call them coffee and conversations. I think they're like, we're going to go ahead and, and put this through the vetting process. And whatever comes out on the other side is what we'll recommend to the natural resource commission. And I was like, great. And they're like, go ahead and draft your order. What, what you want it to look like. And we'll put that through the ringer and, you know, we'll change and edit based on, you know, support or not support. And then uh, we'll recommend that. I was like, great. So that you, was when I, you had to create the order. Yeah. I wrote it up just like I wanted it. And I was like, all right, this is what we did. <laughs> My original order was a shorter season, but they, they ended up going with it all year. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. But uh, we did that. Then uh, COVID kind of happened. Then I did the Michigan outdoors episode. Seth used that in like all of his meetings and stuff to say, Hey, uh, we're looking to expand opportunities for underwater spearfishing here's a two minute video about what underwater spearfishing is. And then I'd be in those, you know, digital meetings or those virtual meetings. And I'd be like, any questions? And then people would hem and haw, like you were saying, and kind of yell at me. And then there would be people yelling back and, you know, we just kind of all, you know, lash it out at each other or whatever. But I always ended up on top because I was just like, dude, what are you talking about? We're trying to get better fish to eat. We're not talking about, you know, anything other than that. We just want to do it you know, a different way. We're following the same bag limits. I'm like, Oh, how are you going to tell the size of the fish? And I'm like, you know, don't ask me questions like that because it's the responsibility of every angler to know the size of the fish. It's their responsibility. If you don't know, let it go. But you can look at the citations that the, you know, conservation officers give just because you have size limits and bag limits. Doesn't mean everybody's following them. You look at it, people are snagging them. 
They're fish catching them out of season. In in the, and sometimes right. they just blatantly don't care what the size of them are. I'm just gonna keep these fish, and they get caught. People break the law. You shouldn't sit there and be like, oh, somebody can break the law. That that way, we shouldn't let them do it that way. And it's like, well, what do you mean? People break the law every day, hook and line angling. So we shouldn't allow that. And you know, it was, was kind of like back and forth like that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, hey, don't sit there and say you can't do this way because this could happen and that could happen. I'm like, it's already happening. You know, right. that's just part of fishing. Like some people don't do things right. I was like the limited number of people doing it. I just don't see a lot of people having these issues. Like I have, yeah. <laughs> I have to imagine like in, in your shoes and, and most like spear fishermen's like shoes, like if you look at him and the limit's like 15 inches and you're like, Ooh, that's right about 15. You're like, I'm gonna let him go. Like I don't, simple as that. You're just like, ah, I'm going to go find the 18 er like, yeah, I'm good. Just, whatever. Yeah. Like sometimes a 10 pounder will swim up to you. Other times you'll be, there'll be schools. Like we were in Saginaw Bay. We had schools of 50 plus fish from up and we were like, nah, none of them are legal or they're yeah. too close to call. We just watch them swim around. It's amazing. You get to see 50 walleye swim up to you. And you're like, wow, look at all these fish. I'm like, nah, too small. Yeah. Like, or I just didn't trust it. And in, in Saginaw Bay, it's 13 inches. Like that's a tiny fish. And a lot yeah. of people were talking about that. And I was just like, oh, well, you know, what if they shoot an undersized fish? And I was like, guys, when you start getting under 15 inches, that's a tiny little target. I don't think you understand how, I mean, you're talking about <laughs> a pencil, you know, like my, <laughs> my spear shaft's almost as wide as the side of that fish. You know, I was like, good luck. You're shooting fish sticks out there, guys. Like, <laughs> like the more you worry about us shooting smaller fish is the likelihood of us shooting smaller fish is getting, you know, incrementally, you know, detrimentally smaller because it's right. so hard to hit them. You know, you got to get what? two feet away from them to basically touch them with a spear to pull the trigger yeah. in order to, you know, hit something oh, that shit. small. So it's like, it's like and then they're yeah. like, Oh, you're going to shoot all the big ones. And I'm like, well, yeah, we're going to shoot the bigger ones because we know they're legal. And I'm like, but you see people out there trolling, especially tournaments and they're pulling in 40 pound bags of walleye for five fish. And they're keeping and killing every one of them fish, but nobody's up in arms saying, Oh, they're killing all the big ones. And it's like, so why all of a sudden do you care about spearfishing anglers doing it? No it was, that was a lot of that back and forth was that, that's basically how I won everybody over. It was just, you just shot down the naysayers saying it's already happening. We're just looking at another method. We're buying the same fishing license. All we're doing is we're changing a rod and a reel for a spear and, you know, a spear gun. That's it. You, I'll, <laughs> I'll say this, John, you, you come off as a, as a fucking fun dude, but your comebacks for a lot of these, it, I it certainly tell it shows that you've you've had to argue this a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like I yeah, and to be that well prepared in a lot of those meetings is great because like I'm sure like you guys were like, all right, well, what are people gonna say against us? And how do yeah. we counter that? Yep. Right. I mean, that's that's how you win any sort of negotiation. Is well, it? that was a, that was a good that was another thing that Dr. Herbst helped me a lot with. He was like, Hey. He's every time he had questions or people asked him questions that he was like, I don't actually feel hundred uh, percent confident speaking on John's behalf on this. So he would email me and be like, Hey, we have X amount of questions or Hey, be prepared for these questions. And he would be like, Hey, I bet this would be a good response to this question. It was just, <laughs> and it was, it was a circle of, of people yeah. talking to each other and being like, Hey, and I, you know, talk with commissioner Walters. If I had any real questions, I would be like, Hey, what's your opinion on this? And he was like, just like anything else. That was like that, where that um, term, the, that phrase came from. It's a responsibility of every angler to know the size of the fish before they harvest it. Simple as that. doesn't matter if you're pulling it into a boat or you're shooting with a spear gun. 
you gotta know, right? Cause I mean, if you ever been out walleye fishing, you get into a school of them. I mean, you can grab them and look at them as soon as you grab them. Yep. Legal. Yep. Legal. Yep. Legal. Like yeah. after a certain level of, of experience with a certain kind of fish, you can absolutely tell the class of that fish, whether that's a legal class fish or it's close or it's not quite. And I, and I did some, we'll call it a tiny bit of research, right? Like I was just like, okay, how accurate can I be? Right. Like how, how, how close can I get to these fish as far as lengthwise on these fish? And I seen one fish in the Saginaw Bay and I was looking at it and I was like, okay, I don't think it's less than 13, but I don't think it's over 15. So I was like, all right, I'm going to risk it. You know, this is for the biscuit. I was like, I want to see how accurately I can judge these fish, shoot the fish 14 and a quarter. And I was like, bam, <laughs> <laughs> I barely hit it too. It was just by the slimming, but I got them. And but now, uh, you know, like that's a 14 er I was like, yep. Okay. So I was like, but I was like, that's just one of those things. <clears throat> how accurately could I do it? I could do it within an inch. So I was like, I'm down with that, you know? Right. So like, yeah, that's, that's like, there's, I, you know, it's easy. It's easy for it, uh, for a boat angler or a shore angler to pull the fish in, measure it and then let it go. Right. Yep. Had, were there any, did you ever say like, dude, you guys are putting holes in their lips. You're putting holes in the sides no. of them. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You, I would say that'd be the, a the thing I was trying to do. I was never trying. I never tried to separate us in that regard. We were all one of the angling community, right? Sure. I do that. They do that. I'm just like, we're just putting another hole in them. It doesn't really matter. I never came. I, you know, that would have been argumentative. I was never trying to be argumentative. Yeah. I was always trying to show a logical path to harvesting fish for food i was like that's what this is and that was that was one of those things that i was kind of coached on they were just like hey the more you try and be divisive or separate you guys yourself you are all part of the same angling community and that was one of the things that kind of bothered me that these people were trying to stop me and i was like guys we're all on the same team like why are we stopping you know this method of, or why are you trying to stop this method of fishing we're all on the same team we all support the same people we all want the same thing we all want this a healthy fishery so let's all stick together. And, you know, if we need a special set of regulation for spearfishing in the Great Lakes, great, let's do it. I was 100% open. I was like, if you want us to shoot two fish only at any size to get rid of the size limits, 100%, let's do it. I was like, I don't care, you know, how many or the, you know, the, any of that crap. I was just like, I want to be able to do it and keep the fish that I'm shooting and eat them. Right. How can we make that happen? And I was like, I don't care if we have to make this whole order and make it a whole thing just for us. But the DNR didn't want to do that. They were like, uh, no, we have our regulations set up a certain way and that's fine. They're like, everybody, they, this isn't a question of the resource. This is a social, social dynamics question. You have to yeah. figure it out with, with these people. And when everybody agrees or the majority agrees, then we will recommend it. And every meeting I went to, we all had some, you know, majority support from most of the, most everybody in the, in the group. So. Gotcha. So yeah. What was the, what, so there is. <laughs> there was size was an issue. What was the, was there a bet? Was there ever like, how many are you going to shoot? You only get one or, or anything. What were like the major contention points on this that people ask you over and over? Like um, you're yeah, this... the big ones. You're not going to know the size. It's going to, yeah. I'm sure some people thought it was going to be too easy. Was that? Yeah, a... that was, that was like, I was just like, all right, well, like, you know, John, whatever. <laughs> I was like, John, you know, you ever held your breath and ran? How far can you run? 
probably not very far. Right? Right. You need to breathe. Right. I was like, okay. So I was, you know, that was just one of those things. I was like difficulty. I was just like water temperatures. Most of the great lakes don't get above 50 for more than a month, you know, a couple months, you know, that's the yeah. only time of behind. I was like, okay, so your shortest window is, you know, you know, call it May through September, right? That's that's when you can do it. How many fish can you kill in that time frame? How many people are actually doing this? I was like, among our you know social circles, I was like, there's like maybe 200 people, maybe 200 people that do this on the regular. I was All like, right. you have a shrinking, you have a problem in Southern Michigan already with a shrinking winter, right? Like this year we've had, you know, maybe in any form or fashion, you know, south of like the, you know, the midline, like maybe seven to 10 days of actual ice in the last three months. That means boats can stay out on the bays and on the lakes and go and troll all the time. It's like you get 37, you know, 42 degree water. Not spearfishing that. Are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) So it was just like, you know, I was just like, how many fish can we really? And that was where I would point to my friends at the fisheries division. Like, how many fish can we really kill? They're like, as long as you follow the size and bag limits, it doesn't make a difference. And I was like, there you go. It was just like, oh, I don't like that answer. But I mean, it was really what it came down to. I was like, how many times I got a fish? It's not like I'm, you know, solely doing this. You know, I'm not a boat captain. I'm not a charter. I'm not doing this every day for a living. Like they do a lot of the times on the Detroit River and shit like that. Like if you're worried about the resource being hurt, shut down the Detroit River. Shut down Saginaw Bay during the spawn. But they would never do that because there's so many fish. It's not a concern. Right. That was just like one of those things. Um, uh, I guess a, a lot of people were worried about uh, one of the other things that was a lot of safety too was uh, conflict of user groups, right? Like, oh, if I'm in the water and somebody's on a pier and I come into their area, now I'm disrupting that or, uh, you know, boat traffic. Yeah. Because a lot of these laws weren't on the books. Nobody ha- said you had to use a diver down flag uh, like in yeah. the fishing regulation. No one said you couldn't be within 150 feet of a pier or a boater access point or sure. egress and access points to channels between Great Lakes and the you know inland lakes and shit like that. Yeah. And that was all shit that we kind of came up with, that I came up with, saying you can't travel with a spear gun with bands loaded and shit like that. It was just like, you know, these are things that should be on the books that aren't. And that was another... Yeah kind of another way to help move this forward was saying hey we want more fish but we also are seeing lack of you know safety issues or you know safety concerns in the regulations like nobody's aware of what's going on and you know we we should change those things so like, oh yeah <clears throat> add some you know add some safety structure to it you know give the dnr the opportunity because it wasn't in the regulations before where you could throw a diver down flag basically anywhere and everybody who had to, you know, avoid you. Then I, we put it in there that you can't put a diver down flag where it restricts navigation of uh, boats. Yeah. So now a CEO can come up to you and say, you're in the way, get the hell out. Right. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, and that was another thing. It was like, Hey, we've put in these measures to allow conservation officers to make judgment decisions. And, yeah. and that, that definitely ultimately helped. Oh yeah. That's got to help when you're, when you're like, look, like we're not, I'm not asking for total freedom here. I'm asking right. <laughs> for the same thing as everyone else. And I'm going to enhance the restrictions on these rules that you guys haven't updated ever. Yeah, really. So, like, <laughs> so I'm going to try to help you out there. And yeah. just as a, as a number, I looked it up real quick. Um, 1.1 million fishermen in Michigan in yep. 2021. So 
your 200 is a drop not it's not even a drop in the bucket it's not even close (laughs) right well okay Uh, then this is another thing i'll say this right out loud um here i got the numbers right here so this is a little bit these are preliminary numbers right there's aren't final nothing's legitimate about this but the number right here is about 4,600 underwater spearfishing licenses were issued last year. Okay. Oh, nice. So, but of those who reported, only 147 reported harvesting of fish. Okay. So there's a lot of interest, right? And it's also a free license. You can get it online. So that kind of, kind of shows that, you know, and we've also had like over 1,500 anglers or license issue licensees or whatever. Um, haven't reported a single time since they got it. So that to me tells me that they got it just because they got it. They didn't get it because they were going spear fishing. Right. But um, I was down as soon as I seen that number go over like 2000, I was like, I was like, as soon as this gets to the highest number, we need to look at our, our uh, success rate and apply it to the 5,000 people or whatever and regulate it like that or man, you know, manage it like that. Like, okay, there's 5,000 of us doing it. What numbers are we looking at? Well, how many fish are we talking about? Like two people, you know, two walleye per people over, you know, four months. What does that look like? Or blah, blah, blah. And so uh, that's something I haven't talked with anybody about that, but that's how I'm thinking about it already. It's just like, okay. Cause I don't know how many of those people are going to come back and get another one for next year. So yeah. Well, and that's another yeah. part of it too, is we got to all report our, uh, our harvest efforts and shit like that. How many hours we went, where we went, what fish we got and uh, how many we got them and all that kind of shit. So they can kind of compare us to charter anglers and our effectiveness and our uh, amount of effort and shit like that. What? So why are you comparing? Like, I feel like you're an average Joe. You should be compared to an average Joe, not to a charter. Uh, the charters are the, basically one of the number one, uh, resources of harvesting fish right Right. they take out four or five people a day twice a day all you know spring or summer that's who's harvesting these fish so like you know that's what the dnr says five percent of the anglers catch 90 percent of the fish so like those are the people the regulations are set up to to limit them not the average joe right but what they were wondering is like how effective are these guys like if you give an average joe a spear gun how many fish can you kill? Sure. Right. And they're like, we don't know. Like if this gets they're like, if this is really popular, if this, you know, a hundred thousand people start doing this 10, you know, whatever it is. Right. right. They're like, that could be an issue. Right. That maybe, you know, if you take and add a hundred thousand more, you know, people to the water that are as effective as these charter anglers are like, that can be an issue. Yeah. But that's what they want to watch. That's where they wanted to take a look at this and say, Hey, how many people are doing it? How effective are they? How many hours they spend in? How much effort are they putting in? When are they putting the effort in? Those kind of things. That that they can make effective regulation recommendations to the Natural Resource Commission in 2025 saying that, hey, what we've observed in the last three years does not in any way indicate a threat to the resource or to, you know, conflicts of user groups. That's ultimately what they're looking at. That's really what they care about. Yeah, there's absolutely like, there's no way. Like you guys will even come close to what those guys harvest. I agree. But I it, also yeah. love that we're doing this because it helps when you it'll, have numbers, when you have metrics, you can. Yeah. Learn. It'll prove your point. Yeah. 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 Right. I can use it and say, yeah, <laughs> look at the data. If you don't like it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'd have to be significantly. Do you have you in order to even come close? You'd have to have sig- exponentially higher amount of participants than charters. Because yeah. if charters are running four or five guys, and let's just say twice a day, mm-hmm. um, that yeah, just running numbers like they're running ten guys a day, but easy numbers, ten guys a day, and another easy number five days a week. That's fifty people a week. Yep. Weeks a year. That's twenty five hundred people, right? Yep. That you're looking at, and then you all, take that by whatever amount of fish charters there are. Yep. Yeah, and then you times that by four or three or whatever, two wall. So in, in Michigan on the Great Lakes, it's, it's between five and six a day usually. Yeah. I mean, we you're going to be, be in the in the take of hundreds. Millions. Of fish, yeah. <laughs> right? Millions of fish. Yeah. Millions of fish. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably millions. And and you guys aren't even going to brush it. No, I don't <laughs> think so. And, well, I think, and one I of the things the physical, that... The physical aspect of well, it alone... Well, the crush people. people talk about not having skill. Let's, you know, let's just look at your average charter person, right? Why do they go to a charter? They don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. They go on there because they know what they do. All they do is generally speaking is hold the rod or somebody else gets the rod and then hands it to them. Right. If I took you out and I just said, yeah, just hop in the water. They'll be there. Go get them. Right. Well, you can't shoot. Yeah, you can't shoot the gun for me, (laughs) dude. You shoot. I'll tell you what. I give you a spear gun. I throw you in the water and say, "Go ahead." You're gonna notice two things right away. Equalizing your ears is not as easy as you think. Holding your breath ain't as easy as you think. And then let's just say you do shoot the gun, right? Reload it. (laughs) Shit. That's a whole. That's a whole learning process, bro. It is. That's a whole learning process. If you don't have somebody telling you, like, oh, you have to put this shaft in, then you wrap it around. And you go down and around, you know, it's a whole thing. So it, I tell you what, anybody's just like, there's no skill involved. It's like, cool, come try it with me and let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> I mean, the amount of, the amount of dives you make too. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like 90% of people are going to dive like five times and be like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, I literally swam, you know, 1300 yards in the pool today. I swim, yeah. I prepare, I run. Like it's a, it's a little niche because if you don't prepare, you're going to notice really quick because you're kicking, right? You're in the water physically kicking with your fin. That's work. Every time you do that, it's work, right? And what are you doing? Your heart rate's getting up, your pump, blood's pumping, and that, it exhausts you over a period of time. Oh, so what yeah. do you have to do? You have to be in shape because if you want to do this for more than an hour, you have to be in somewhat good physical shape. Yeah. Like, good luck going out and, you know, if you have to swim to the end of a jetty and it's 800 yards, that's a significant ways to go. You got weight wrapped on you got your spear gun you got all your crap you're pulling with you if it's just a short dive that's not just an easy feat anybody can do that and that's a huge limiting factor a lot of people just don't even like being in the water they're scared of it i know guys that would just be like dude i love seeing your videos i will never touch the water i'm too scared of the water i don't want anything to do with it rip currents this that boaters and all that it's like i agree man but i was like tell you for me the risk is worth it man it's like hell yeah i'd rather you know i'd rather swim out to 30 feet of water, drop down, hang on to the bottom for two minutes with these fish and get to watch them and observe them in their habitat. And then come up. It's like, that's, you're never going to get any better. When you, when you lay on the bottom and you have a school of walleye, you know, I always like to tell everybody, it's just like as a kid, when you go to Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops, you get to look into that aquarium in the, in the back for the first time, you can see all them fish. You know, that's, 
that's the Great Lakes, man. And it's everywhere and it's free. If you can just you can just get a masses of fins, you can get out and you can get out there and you can enjoy that. And I tell you what, it's like nothing else, man. You get to be in there with those fish and see them fish, and you're like, yup, this is awesome. this is it, man. This is it. It's just it brings that childhood memory, that nostalgia out of it. It's just like, oh, look at these fish. And then <laughs> now you can shoot them and you can eat them. And it's like, yeah, this is so good. Right? Yeah, dude. No, that's badass. So you are uh, all right. So I, I wanna I wanna finish out the legislation portion of this. Okay, so like yeah. so we got to where you had written the order. You yep. you talked to all these people <clears throat> about our majority every like most of the time. Yep. And then they're like, yeah, draft an order up and we'll put it through the pace. So we had the drafted order yep. through that, right? That was the end part. We kind of worked through it together uh, in August of 2021. Uh, I think it was the August meeting, the NRC meeting. Herbst uh, gave a presentation and said, these are the recommendations that we are giving for implementation in 2022. And um, he brought it up. He showed them the videos, you know, told them all about the groups that they went through to uh, make this final decision. And then he's like, um, you know, we hope for some form of a vote on this, you know, within the next two or three meetings, right? So September, October, November, something like that. He's like, you know, if we want to get this implemented in 2022, you got to get it finished, you know? So they're like, they had their questions. I came every time I was there giving public testimony, answering questions, uh, and trying to, you know, relax any fears or nervousness they had about it. Uh, so I was there in August. I was there in September. I was there in October. And uh, they, a couple of the things they did, they made amendments. They tried to get rid of Pike, but then Commissioner Baird kind of saved me there. He was just like, come on, guys, like, let's be real. <laughs> He's like, if we want to see what this is all about, we got to let them harvest Pike. Uh, Carol Rose. Why, why, why Pike? Um, uh, people have certain say with certain commissioners and there are a significant, uh, pull with a fly fishing group that care about large pike in the spring. And they're like, dude, they're going to shoot all the large pike. And we were like, who, <laughs> but we were like, <laughs> okay, what would, uh, what would make you happy, uh, as far as spearing them? Uh, and then she was like, well, generally speaking, the pike are in this area between like May and June. So if we delayed the harvest of pike until July 1st, I'd be happy with that. And I was like, great. So that's why it's July 1st now. Okay. Um, and then they wanted to do, uh, so with the reporting, we have to do a three-year sunset, which means it will be up for review in 2025. So they're going to relook at all the metrics and see how everything happened and they're going to make decision on how they want to move forward are we going to expand waters and shit like that um so we were there for all that so basically they recommended it we talked we sorted some things out and then ultimately they voted on it on october i think it was october 14th wait, wait, hold on you said car carla rose or you said something carol rose carol rose carol. she okay. was the chair of the commission okay so she got that in there <clears throat> and then uh Oh, uh, J.R. Richardson. So originally in the original order, we had Lake Superior. We had half of Lake Superior, the west side. And um, because the, the Great Lakes are broken up in Michigan, are broken up with the tribes. The consent decree is with the, the five sovereign tribes in Michigan, and they own these waters. And basically what they said was 
if you wanted to go into these waters, you can try. But once you do that, the tribes now have a say in whether they want this to be a thing or not. And so it was like, hey, stay out of the waters. Get your get your reporting in. Let's see how this goes. And then in 2025, that would be a time to then go for waters and things like that. So we got Lake Superior removed because it was Lake Superior anglers didn't like it. Um, enough of them had enough pull to get rid of it. They're like, well, let's just see how it goes on the Southern lakes. And then we'll, you know, go for, you know, we'll go for that. And the next time, and if you, if you look real close here, there's a whole two fishing trips that happen and in, <laughs> in like, and well, one in Lake Superior and one in the Southern portion of, uh, the UP. So it was for, not, for... not exactly a lot of effort <laughs> distributed yeah, well, over Lake Superior for, Oh, is that, or is that a map of where you went? No, this is a map of where everybody who reported from April 1st to August 30th went. Okay. So, so that was one of the other things they did. They got rid wait, of that. Okay. What's so happened? the, I'm sorry. I wanted to get to that map. All right. Let's get, no, through no, you're fine. let's get through <laughs> the legislation and then I want to get to the map. Okay. So anyways, yeah. So we got rid of Lake Superior. We got the pike delayed till, um, the first of July, and then uh, Baird, instead of a five-year review, he did a three-year review, which was great help. Um, so that should bring it up faster, you know, not waiting yeah. until 2028 or whatever it is. Um, so that was it, basically. And then they uh, gave it a vote and said... Yes. Everybody approved it, and uh, that it went into effect on April 1st of the, last year. <laughs> That was that was the end of it, man. That was so what yeah, and what's the order? What is the actual fisheries order 21922 is the official name of it? Let me pull it up here. I have my papers. I had a feeling. Yeah, right here. Yeah. So this was the uh bow, spear, and crossbow fishing. Yeah, there you go. That's the order, right? And so uh yeah. so this is what um this is it actually right here this is the original proposal that we had um yeah so species yeah here we go yeah so note three so i'll just kind of read over this real quick so for underwater spearfishing the following regulations apply all recreation angles who intend to engage in underwater spearfishing shall request and receive a free annual underwater spearfishing license all underwater spearfishing angles shall provide monthly effort and harvest reports to the department uh, the use of underwater spear in compliance with table within the order, blah, 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 must be fully submerged um, under the water surface when attempting to harvest fish. Uh, species and location, size and bag limits always apply. Spear fishing. Oh, that was one of the things we did. We eliminated it at night. A lot of people didn't like the thought of it being happening at night because how easy is it to market a diver or something at night? You could get run over a boat, whatever. Um, the activity shall be prohibited within 150 feet of designated swimming areas, boat docks, boat and access, uh, access and egress sites and power intake tubes for like nuclear power facilities and shit like that. Uh, activity shall be permitted where the placement of a diver down flag will restrict boat or navigation access to a boat and access site. Spear guns should have the bands unloaded and no artificial breathing devices such as scuba rebreather similar will, uh, shall be prohibited underwater spear. So you can't use scuba tanks either. Nice. Okay, I'm looking at it. So then it's um, it's uh, species and location specific for the season. The gear yep. is underwater spears. The waters are uh, Lake Michigan waters south of the southernmost pier at Grand Haven. 
Yeah, so Lake Huron waters south of the southernmost pier of the Thunder Bay River, extending south to the mouth of the St. Clair River. Yep. And then the species available, lake trout, northern pike, walleye, and all species listed as available. So effectively all the um, rough fish invasives. Yeah. Invasive. Yeah. So another thing a lot yeah. of people were confused on when they first read that was they thought underwater spear is now restricted to those two lakes and those two areas, which is incorrect. That is only for the game fish. I had to explain this to several people. I was like, um, open all year on all waters for spear, bow, arrow, and crow. That includes underwater spear fishing. All waters except designated trout streams and trout lakes. Right. So you can still spear anywhere in the state that's not designated trout lakes, trout streams. For rough fish. For rough fish, exactly. So you can yeah. still do that wherever you want. And a lot of what you, you see on that map is uh, what I showed you. Those blue dots are not just targeted effort for um the walleye and the pike and the lake trout we kill more rough fish than we did uh game fish by okay, those so that all right so that map that you showed me which is, includes all effort that's all effort got all it. reported okay. effort i should say that let's make that perfectly clear all reported effort right so yeah because in wisconsin you don't even have to buy a bow fishing license you don't have to buy a right. license. you just you get it with your fishing license. Right. Yeah. It's just oh, part that, of your all species right. or whatever. Yeah. So you're saying you have <clears throat> 600 spear, bow, spear, and whatever license sales, and it's free. No, oh. no. This is specific to underwater spear fishing. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So that when you, because when you get that license, now you're put into the pool of people who have to report. And that's, right. that's what they what wanted was, to know. Okay. Now they have a whole itinerary of people who are reporting now they can now they can you know right. gauge metrics on compliance for okay. reporting and things of that nature so the so the the map you showed me had two reports in the up one up two near. reported effort well i shouldn't yeah. say two because there's some maybe one or two i was more uh aiming for like lake superior is what yeah I meant. well in the yeah straight yeah yeah yeah, but okay. uh yeah there was i think there was a couple portions near the mackinac bridge or but those something are like all that. rough fish those yeah are all... those are all for just rough fish all right so, nah, I, okay and, and if you and to me if you look at that that it doesn't matter um what fish are available up there there's simply not a lot of people up there that are it's going cold. to it doesn't, <laughs> yeah i was literally i'm there in late july and that water is 56 degrees <laughs> yeah that's so cold dude like it's it's diveable right but i tell you what i swam out there and i dove 80 feet on the beautiful black rocks out there and shit and it's pristine never seen a fish never seen a fish not a smallmouth <laughs> not a lake trout not a burbot nothing man not a sucker and i'm like where the hell are all these fish man and it's just so deep and clear i i know they're just hanging out somewhere near that thermocline but i'm sure if you you know implemented some kind of chumming or something like that you could probably get some fish to come up i don't know from where but <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they'd be uh, i'm sure they're there but it's just like I, I hope people in the up can 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 relax a little bit and just be like hey these people can already do this they're already allowed to be up there they're simply just not doing it because there's just not a lot of people up there that are doing it that care enough um and, and yeah. if you think that they're going to have any kind of significant effect Look to the southern states. You know, we have the best walleye fishery in the Saginaw Bay. 300 walleye is what we got. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on. Like you said, talk about a charter. That's a week. That's a week That's, for a charter guy. Talk about a charter <laughs> and what they do in a week and, and then yeah. come back and talk to me, okay? 
don't don't sit there and be like, oh, they're gonna kill. No, we're not gonna kill anything. Lake Superior is you know the biggest of the three. Why you know why you think we're gonna kill all these fish or something? I don't know. Yeah. What did I need to talk to? I need to find out who these people are who are complaining and just have a conversation with them and be like, hey man, what's up, man? I want I want this to be a thing up there and. Uh, you guys aren't supporting us. What's going on? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, you said like in Saginaw Bay, I forget. I don't know the statistic, but you put a statistic. How many walleye are there? Like, so, estimate. so the DNR did a survey, right? In 2020, I think it was 2020, uh, 2020, 2021, there was a survey done by the DNR, Department of Natural Resources, the Fisheries Division went out there and they hang, they lie gill nets, you know, X amount of feet wide and they know where these fish are. They hang these gill nets and they get survey numbers, right? And based on those survey numbers, right, over over time, basically is what they do, I think. I hope I'm quoting this right. But they put out a gill net in a certain time of uh, certain window frame, right, in the fall. And they say, based on the numbers of fish we get in this net is the determination of the population in this area. They, in 2020... They said we are at a we're at a tipping point. We're like the walleye are, are moving in the neighborhood of five million plus in the bay. Well, when you get to that number, what happens is they start over munching on the perch, basically, is what happens. And so our perch numbers weren't going down, especially mature perch, because none of the small perch were making it to maturity. They're getting eaten up. And so they're like, hey, if this continues on a trend of more walleye our perch fishery is going to go down and you know saginaw bay is a good you know a good area for perch because it's shallow and warm and they can hold perch and big perch well now they did a survey last year and they found that their numbers are between seven and ten million they're getting bigger right so that's why they're like kill them get them out here we don't need anymore you know the fishery is great when you have five or you know four to six million but now it's just it's it's too much. So they're like, get it. We want we want to when we want the fishermen in the bay to take out walleye during the spawn to bring the spawn down so that those numbers will level out. <clears throat> and so I don't really remember where I was going with this. No, yeah, I was. I, I asked you. I no, oh. I asked you how many because yeah, you guys took out three hundred of seven million. So that is now that was between. Lake Michigan and Lake Huron. So 244 come out of Lake Huron. Okay. And I don't know how many of them came out of the bay, but I tell you what, it wasn't probably more than 200. Yeah. Because we probably took most of them, me and my buddies. (laughs) (laughs) Because you can keep eight a day, you know, 13 above. It's basically any fish you see, you can just shoot it. And every time we went out there, I mean, I got videos of me just schools of them, schools of them just swimming around. We're just like, yep, look at all these fish. They're everywhere. So it was like, if that's the best fishery in the world for walleye and we killed, you know, 200 of them. I mean, if, if you think that's a reason to kick us out of Lake Superior, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And the question is like at scale, you know, if you have a hundred thousand of you guys doing this, like, what does that look like? But even then, like, I don't ever. Hey, I, I've, I've said it from the beginning. If it's bad for the resource, I don't want it. So, and I will watch this and I will continue that because yeah. And at that point, I need to stand up and say, Hey, this is something's wrong. We got to fix this. 
Well, it's and it's yeah, it's that yeah, and it, if it starts getting detrimental, but you just implement, you don't remove it, you just implement regulation, right? Like you have do a, a maximum, better job, yeah, do you a do better an, job. an application process. Maybe you get the spearing license, maybe you don't, or like you, everyone gets a month. Like, ooh, I drew May. I can spearfish during May. Like, I don't ever like, think it'll be that. I think it'll just be like, okay, uh, we're just gonna. Like I said, I've always been down. Get rid of a size limit. Just make it to a day. I mean, sure. So there that. you go. I don't care. Yeah. I don't need There's to kill so many ways. Fish. I don't need. To, I just doing that because I'm doing it right. Like if right. I'm there and then the fish are around, and that's not always true. I've also, you know, just shot one fish and gone in for the night. You know, like yeah. That's, it's really up to the person. If you want to shoot a limit, great. You just want to shoot dinner for the night because you're, you know, I don't know, doing whatever you want to do. Great. No, I don't know. Like, you know, I know that's, I just, uh, I will always keep this close to my heart and make sure that I, you know, it needs to be represented the way it needs to be Yeah, just to, to stay. Cause if it doesn't have any staying power, I don't want it. You know, mm -hmm. I would rather, I would rather us be able to kill one fish of any species of any size than I would us, you know, coming here and, you know, a bunch of people get involved and they start getting crazy. And, and we do, you know, start creating too much conflict in the, you know, in the, you know, the resource, as far as like, you know, boater, spear, fisher, you know, peer angler conflicts and shit like that. You know, all it takes sure. is, you know, a group of assholes who think they own the water to come out there and start screwing everybody up. And it's just like, Oh, these, you know, we used to be ghosts on the Great Lakes. Nobody even knows who we are, or what we do. You know, most of the time you see us walking out, like, what are these people doing? Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, if we, if we, you know, if you get enough people out there doing it and they're assholes about it, then you're like, mm, right, that could, that could be bad. But I don't, I don't, I just don't see it just because the, the level of effort that it takes to get these fish and, and to do it, participate in this discipline yeah. is, is, it's, it, I think it has a certain level of character and the people who have the character to do it are going to be respectful of their fellow anglers. So, yeah, dude, I, yeah, no, that's, I agree. Um, so tell me, tell me about like, uh, tell me about like what you, like an average day when you go out, like how, what does that look like? Do you always, do you hop yeah. out ashore? Do you do a boat? Like I'll say you got, you got this past and you said it's, it's eight fish above 13 inches open all year round. But that's an exception for Saginaw Bay. We call it unit okay. MH4. Okay. So Lake Huron's broken into like six units, management units, just like DMUs, right? Um, so in Saginaw Bay, MH4, that's where those, you know, seven to 10 walleye, seven to 10 million walleye exist. So in that area, it is uh, eight a day, year round, uh, 13 and above. Everywhere okay. else on Lake Huron, to my understanding, is five a day, 15 and above. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So that being said, average day, get in my car, drive about three hours, any anywhere from three to four hours, because that's how far I got to drive to get to the Great Lakes. <laughs> okay. I'm in South, I'm like mid, almost mid central South, uh, South Michigan. I'm like about an hour from Ohio. So okay. I'm about two and a half, maybe three hours to Lake Michigan and about three, three and a half hours to any portion of Lake Huron. Gotcha. So that's, that's your first day. All right. We got to drive three hours, right? Now you yeah. hope when, now you look at the weather and you hope that the, it's been calm and uh, the water's been cool, whatever, there's no wind so that you can actually go because if you go and there's breaking waves mm. and the viz is shit, you, you know, it's basically useless. There's no point. So you kind of like watch those things. You look at those things. You're like, Oh, this weekend's going to be great. I'm going to go. Right. So you drive three hours. Um, 
then you have all your shit with you, right? You got your mask, your dive knife, your uh, diver down flag, all your shit. You kind of pile it up. Now, depending on the location that you're going to, that's where you need to figure out whether you're going to have a kayak, you're just going to do a shore dive, or you're going to take out your boat, those kind of things. Um, let's just say I'm doing a shore dive, right? I'm going to drive up to the top of the thumb, and I know there's a basically a marina or a harbor where the boats stay. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to – you know, the only success I've ever had spearfishing is on structure. I, you know, it's not something that I've had any real success, at least in the Great Lakes, doing on like sand. You just don't, there's not usually fish that I'm finding on sand. I know people are catching them trolling. I caught them trolling. You just troll over these big flats or whatever, and you'll, you'll pull fish. I gotcha. do not have success spearfishing like that. You find structure, you find weeds or you find, you know, rocks or, or uh, I don't know, reefs or, or any kind of general structure. Gotcha. And then you'll, all right. So you, you know, usually I like to get out there a little after nine or something like that in the morning. Cause you get out there too soon. It, the light, you, got, you want the sun to start getting above you. Cause that allows you to see better into the water Gotcha. when you're under the water. Um, so then you just kind of like, that's where you're like, okay, I'm going to jump in the water. And then you just kind of swim out there. Right. And then it's just a matter of I'm on the surface, dive down, look for the fish. All right, what am I seeing? Am I seeing? How, yeah. How deep are you? Uh, it totally depends where the fish at, right? Sure. Most of the time I'm less than 30 feet. I would say about 30 feet is usually, and that's all depending on the area. Right. And that's yeah. another thing. I've jumped into some of these areas and never seen a fish. And I started to remember, I was like, John, you're fishing. What are the, what the seasonal patterns this time of year? Stop thinking yeah. about, Oh, I'm in the water. Therefore the fish are going to be there. That's not at all how it works. They, have, <laughs> they have preferences and where they were going to be or where they want to yeah. be, where, where they're going to. And they absolutely buy by those same kind of shit. You know, I was like, okay, I'm walleye fishing. Where am I going to find the walleye? Okay. Right. I know they're spawning and I know they just got done with the spawn. So am I looking for drop-offs? Am I looking for weeds or X, Y, and Z? And then you kind of start piecing those puzzles together, but you'll jump in, you swim out, right? So you just start swimming, swim, swim you okay i see a small mouth all right let me drop down do a drop take a look okay i'm seeing small mouth okay cool come up you kind of do you know six seven dives there okay uh okay i'm only seeing sheephead and and small mouth now okay cool not what i'm looking for i'm looking for walleye now because i'm a walleye spear fisherman <laughs> yeah 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 so are you, just... are you when you're like if you're swimming around like mm -hmm. Are you in, how do I say this? What's your visibility like? Are you looking, are you looking from 30 feet and you can see the bottom? No, or are you very rarely? Very okay. Rarely. Yeah. Usually, yeah. usually you're looking at two layers, a clear, a uh, clear layer on the bottom and a dirtier layer on the top. And usually you can't, unless you're in like, you know, less than 20 feet of water, then, then you can sometimes see the bottom pretty good. You know, that's all, it's all, um, it's all condition based, you know. Yeah. All condition based. That's you know, and sometimes you can go out on Lake Heron, you see sixty feet. I I don't know why the water is the way it is. You know, sometimes right. the conditions are good. Yeah, you can see. And no, that's I just also like set that. I want to set that stage. Like I want to understand that. But if somebody's listening, like, are you just no, like around on the surface, or are you like kicking around the surface? Well, here's a weed line. Mine as well. Yeah, like, exactly. Hundred percent. Yep. I'm gonna drop down and just see if there's anything down here. Yep. 100%. That's exactly what you're doing. You're looking for an indicator that says, Ooh, just like when you're on your graph, you're looking yeah. at your graph. Ooh, there's a, there's a log. Ooh, there's a you know rock pile or a weed, you know, Ooh, something. Let's yeah. go and check it out. Right. I just can 
physically look at it now. I'm like, oh, I can get down there. And then, oh, they're hiding in between the rocks or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, but that's literally what you do. You just start swimming around. You'll find different structures. You'll find, you know, always, always, just like anything, uh, transition points are a great spot to be in. Sure. Sand and rock or weed and rock or sand and weeds. Always, always a good place to check. They'll, predatory fish like to either be one or the other, right? They want to be looking into the weeds or looking out of the weeds. And usually somewhere in between there. <clears throat> Same with dirty water. Um, sometimes I've had, it's only happened a couple times, but you'll sometimes get water walls where they mesh, they hit each other, right? Cool water will be coming out of the east, for example, and the warm water in the harbor will be dirty and they'll smack and they'll just, you'll just see this wall right in the, right in the water column. You'll be down there looking at it. And where will those fish be? right in the dirty water they're like i'm looking in the dirty water i'm staying in the dirty water looking into the clean water just like this is the best analogy i can think of it's just like being in a house when it's dark outside and your house is lit what can't you see outside but when right. you're outside you can see everything inside of a lit house yeah so where do you want to be as a predator out in the dark right, right. so that's what they like the muddy that's why they like the walleye especially like that muddy water they can see everything and they got them eyes too. They can see everything with those eyes, <laughs> but um, that's just another one of those things. You just kind of learn those things. And then, yeah, so you're out there, just start swimming around and you just start looking for these things. And um, sometimes you'll find them in the weeds and sometimes you'll find them in the rocks. Sometimes you find them sleeping. Sometimes they're hanging out with the sheep head or hanging out with the small mile. Um, yeah. I got a video of me. I wasn't even, I was looking for walleye, but I was like in a school of 50 small mile. They're all swimming around. I was laying on the bottom watching these smallmouth and then i just so happened to catch the silhouette of a walleye about 20 feet away and i'm like "Ooh, what's that i'm like that's a walleye give him a little the old spirit fingers and he comes right in i basically bit the end of my spirit he's like running in and i was like oh what what did you just say you gave him the old spirit fingers spirit fingers man you just give him <laughs> no way what are you, are you being serious Swear to God, dude, I got, I can send you 10 videos of me giving the fish the spirit fingers and they come right in. You just like, like you just wiggle your fingers out there, your naked fingers. Yeah. Or in the gloves. It doesn't matter. Oh, <clears throat> just really? like, dude, just like the, the, the skirt on your spinnerbait or your jig or anything, yeah. you know, the twister tails, yeah. something about that motion or something about that. They see that and they're like, food, they get curious, you know, and they come in. That's one of the yeah. things that a fleeing or a, a unsure fish they will come right into that most of the time give them the old spirit fingers and you're like i'm my uh i'm my spear gun too that's another thing i do is i take um holographic uh metal cutouts and i'll put them all along the side of my gun yeah and so like you can kind of flash that gun if, if the sun hits it right ching 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 and they love that too they'll come you know just like a the willow blade on a, on a spinnerbait they'll come, <laughs> they'll come running into it man dude that is awesome that is so cool it's another lure man so oh, but yeah so i don't know so okay back to the original thing you, you swim <laughs> around you find fish right and and you hope the fish you're looking for is in there and then um yeah i don't know and and that that's really depending on uh the the vastness of your area too like yeah some spots are very small you can you can fish it in you know 35 40 minutes if you just swim around real quick um other areas it literally take a day and a half, you know, like sometimes you're like, okay, I'll target this area because, you know, if I push myself too much, I'm going to get cramped up and it's going to be a miserable experience, you know, because you're swimming miles. It's, it's sometimes like to cover an area, 
Yeah. You're talking miles. You're swimming, you know, a mile and a half out, mile and a half back. Dang. So like, that's, you know, that's not easy. Right. <laughs> so no, that's just, that's, you, that's just another one of those things. Sometimes it, once you kind of like start to learn the times of year when the fish are there and the habitat they're looking for, those kinds, those kinds or those times of year, you can really narrow it down to certain spots. You're like, okay, these fish were in here this time of year for X, Y, and Z. No. Right. Find areas yeah. like that and other areas, you know, and you kind of, you know, just like anybody else when you're on a boat, you start drawing a map and figuring out certain times of year that are best for you certain. You want to fish, yeah, these spots yep. and those spots. Oh, yep. man. That is, so then how are you, pay, like, not to, I, I don't want you to, like, tell people how you, like, do this thing, but, like, when you pick a spot, you're just like, all right, structure, like, I want, like, points, I want, mm -hmm. like, reefs, I want to do, you know, outside, like, do you, are you going into some of these areas? I have to imagine like totally blind. Like you've never been there before. Just Total. Like, well, it's just, we're just guessing. Yep. We're just, you more exploring. Like, You're just yeah. exploring. It's yeah. like, okay, what's out here? Let's go find out. Literally have no idea. Like you can go to, you know, uh, in, in, uh, in the Bay, there's, uh, old gypsum plants that, uh, closed down. They left a bunch of structure out there. Let's go check it out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, right? that, that's cool. <laughs> you that's just run so out there cool. and then you're like, Oh, the the dnr put a artificial reef in this area let's go check it out yeah sometimes they're total bust other times there's fish all over no shit you know and are there one of those things yeah so then are there do you have you ever so getting out there i guess that is i had that's a question for later um getting out there you swim around you check out what whatever and like you sometimes you'll stay in one area the whole day sometimes you'll be in one area for 30 minutes like and you're bouncing from spot to spot um like have you has there been anything that has been like significantly different than like what you would do regularly walleye fishing like is there anything um, where you're like dude i bet this is wild i bet no one like i bet very few people know about this or like i don't know just oddities that you've noticed um Cause you said, you, I mean, you said you saw like 50 smallies together, like all grouped up. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I, like I said, just some spots, there's just tons of fish. Um, and it's just kind of like, I've learned through a couple of my videos, people are like, Oh, I know where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. But then I, like, I think the coolest thing I ever learned so far about yeah. walleye at least is, uh, two things actually they sleep, right? find them sleeping that's cool yeah. uh but the second thing is i didn't realize they liked the weeds so much um i always thought they were just kind of like open water rocks kind of fish they are not man they love weeds they live in weeds sometimes and i was uh i was pleasantly surprised by that honestly okay um because I got videos and videos of these fish just hanging out in the weeds. And I was like, cool. I actually, one of the, one of the times we, before it was legal back in 20, it was 2020 or 2021, we were out in this spot and there were weeds and there were walleye just stacked in these freaking weeds, man. I was like, man, I was like, I want to get these suckers. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I was like, you know what? I got some lures and I got some line in it. So I just, I was full, you know, free diving gear. Ran back to the boat, got a jig and a and a spool of line. I swam yeah. out there, <laughs> lowered it down, and hand jig one up, 
hand line went up right out of the weeds. No way, really? Yep. <laughs> I was like, to hell with waiting on them. And then that was another right. thing. A lot of people would comment on my videos. I'm like, oh, you should take an ice fishing pole down there and try and catch them. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Took that. that doesn't work. They don't, uh, they don't respond to you feeding them for the most part um, when you're on the bottom with them. They don't like that. They're like, no, I'm, I don't trust you. When you float on the surface, they'll come right up underneath you. You can just jig them right up. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I tell you what, that's another thing I learned about smallmouth. I don't know what it is, but something about the fall rate of baits, they cannot stand. I'm talking when a, when a bait falls fast, like it's like shooting towards the rocks, they will sprint towards it. They don't care what it is. They will. They, they just want to kill it. As soon as they see it trying to get away, they're like, bam, going like a cheetah. Really? I tell you what, if, if there was anything I'm going to try this year, I'm going to go to a couple of my spots and I'm going to throw a one ounce jig head with a minnow on it. And I'm going to rip that thing as fast as humanly possible and see how many fish I get on it. Cause I just know that they are that kind of fish. I've seen it enough times where they are just are simply really? reactive. As soon as they see that thing running fast, they're just going to rip it apart. What, what, do, what are you seeing? What, I mean, if you're down there with your spear, if with your spear gun, what are you seeing them chase? I'll literally find lures and I'll grab them and I'll throw them underwater. Yeah. And I'll just <laughs> literally, well, no, I'll take it like, and I'll be on the surface, right? I'll just, come on, sir. I'll take a breath. Yeah. And I'll launch it and I'll like watch with my eyes. Right. And that thing will hit the water. And as soon as they, as soon as it hits the water, they're like, whoosh, right to it, man. Right on it. But as soon as it stops moving, like, no, I'm not but like, I mean, they are, I mean, Inches. a one rip to me, in my opinion, one rip away from them murdering that thing. Like if it moved anytime after that, they were going to whack it. And I was like, man, right. that, that is. A, a it just needed a little twitch. Or that, something. Yeah. All it needs is just something to like move and they were going to pound it. And I was like, that is a <laughs> technique. Cause we like literally in the spot we were at in the thumb, there were literally thousands and thousands thousands and thousands of smallmouth everywhere we went it was just massive schools of smallmouth and we were like we have to come out here and catch some of these suckers because <laughs> it was just like it was insane dude it was like we've never seen that many smallmouth and then there have been other times where i'll be out there spearfishing and these guys come out in bass boats and i'm like hey fish are over here i had one guy comment on my video he's like oh i seen you out there he's like dude as soon as you told us where the fish were we started catching twice as many fish and i was like gosh you bro <laughs> <laughs> see and those are the guys like that's like the uh what i want to say what is it called that symbiotic relationship yes <laughs> like, yeah hey, bro over here <laughs> right yeah yeah like like yeah i know like what are you, you know or smallies you in a tournament yeah okay there's a couple giants right <laughs> <laughs> i've had tournament anglers walleye anglers reach out to me and be like hey um I want you to come out and scout some spots for me. <laughs> like, just tell me what they're doing. Are they, are they laying on the bottom? Are they hiding? Like, do you just, I just, just spend an hour out there and just tell me what they're doing. <laughs> He's like, I just want to know, are they big? Are they there? Are they not there? Like, yeah. <laughs> do you find, like you said, they, they're sleep. Do you find that they're like more active? Like, like this guy's telling you what, what they're doing. You're like, dude, I was there at 11 and they were taking a nap. I don't know what else you want from me. It's you know I haven't I haven't I haven't found any significant pattern in their sleeping. Some will be sleeping okay. first thing in the morning, and other ones will be sleeping through the afternoon. Um, 
but then you find them yeah. someone it's, it's just yeah it's a v- variety i don't oh, know i don't really know how all that works though honestly i don't I, I don't know if 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 maybe that fish you know slept at night and then maybe he's just up in the yeah. morning or I, I generally speaking they don't sleep at night to my understanding that's usually when they're out yeah. And so they may, I don't know, maybe that one particularly was tired. So we went to bed early. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I literally don't, but then we'll be out there. Um, you know, I've been out there at two in the afternoon and I've seen schools of them, you know, munching on perch. So I'm like, I haven't like, I just, I think it's a, you know, an individual fish kind of thing, but generally speaking, most of them are sleeping. I have seen them sleeping. So it's like, if you ever wonder like, Man, this spot's usually hot. Where are the fish? I bet there's a good chance they're napping on the bottom <laughs> or on a rock or whatever. Yeah. So then, um, what, uh, have you ever noticed like a fish being in different levels of the water column? Yeah. Like you 100%. notice, yeah. So yeah. because a lot of people are like, oh, now you want to fish for walleyes a foot off the bottom or like right on the bottom. But like, has there sure. been times where it's like, no, they're actually like 10 feet up? I, I, the thermocline, that's just, if you can find the thermocline, wherever that is, they seem to love that. I don't, um, they definitely seem to, uh, choose the cooler water when they're in the depth. If you, you have to be deep enough to have um, a real thermocline, right? Um, usually that comes after about 20 feet or so. Um, but I've always noticed some where that thermocline is like when that, like I said, when that warm water in the, in the cool water, doesn't matter whether they're in the cool or the warm, they're near the thermocline though. That's something I've noticed. Okay. And that's just another thing I too. I think that's a preference of the fish. Are you cold? Are you hot? Yeah. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> like, the but like the predatory, uh, yeah. I would suspect in certain situations there's a predatory advantage being in the colder water versus the uh, the warmer water or the dark water or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I always say around the thermocline is is a good spot to to look for fish. If you if if your graph is a good example, it can pick up a thermocline. Most of them can these days. Um, that's a good that's... good spot to look. Uh, gotcha. in, in my opinion. <laughs> what about? Uh... What about you said like some days, some days the walleyes will be hanging out with a sheephead. Yeah. Do you find that like certain types of fish will hang out with others? Um, th- or no, no, I don't, they all just kind of use this, you know, it's all, a lot, a lot of them use the same areas. Um, okay. the wall, the, the, the smallies dominate most of it. Um, but suckers and sheepheads seem to always play around together and, uh, you know, if you get in a good spot where there's current moving and there's a good drop off, that's another thing I've, I've noticed. Fish love current. Find a pinch point where there's water moving through an area, especially with a little drop off on the back of that. Loaded with everything. It doesn't matter what it is; they'll all be there. Um, I I have noticed that um, certain fish will be a little bit like when I have uh, smallmouth around me. If I lay there, the longer I lay there, the more fish will come in. So a lot of fish are, are hanging out and they're seeing it. And then they're like, what are all those smallmouth doing? I better go over there and check. But I, I don't think they're, they're any more, you know, afraid of each other than they are just like sure. the conditions were in a, you know, the conditions were right for that area. So they were all just kind of hanging out. So yeah. I would say I have hundred percent. I've seen, you know, smallies and, and sheephead together. I've seen walleye and sheephead together. Um, the only thing I haven't seen that doesn't really like to hang out with other fish are like, 
the wall or the pike and muskie and like salmon and lake trout they don't i've never seen them much with anything they're always pretty solo gotcha. so like the schooling fish i would say like bass uh sheephead suckers um eyes and, and the walleye and shit like that generally speaking are kind of schooled up with each other they don't really seem to mind each other's company uh, but the, yeah the muskies the pike um sturgeon probably another good one um that they were just kind of solo artists or whatever they just kind of do their own thing yeah what about um like in the in the great lakes i mean have you got have you gotten any pike oh yeah 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 do you just and you find them just like kind of off on their own hanging the weeds or whatever yep both times they were in the weeds one was uh there's literally i was literally everybody was in the boat Uh, i was coming back to the boat and i literally I don't remember what I was doing. I think I was just like diving on my way back to the boat. I could see the boat. It was like 40 yards away from me. And, uh, bam, there was just a walleye or not a, I'm sorry, a pike. And it just swam past me. I was like, ah, and I dove down and I, Hey buddy, where are you going? <laughs> and you gave him the old spirit. He, he did. He was not interested. He already knew what was the business, but I was just able to get enough kick on him to, he turned and I said, bam. And I got him. That was my first one of the year. Um, but he was totally solo. And then the other one I did was out of Tawas Bay. It was a big one, big 41 incher. Holy and cow. So here's a funny story. In Tawas Bay, we were killing limits of walleye almost every time we went out and seeing, you know, hundreds of these walleye. And then all of a sudden they disappeared. Literally every fish gone. And then we really? killed two pike. One was over 35 and the other, or one was over 36. And the other one was 41. And we're like, I bet that those pike had something to do with that. <laughs> Cause you drop a 16 inch Y in that 40 inch pike's mouth right down the gullet, man. I was like, that thing would choke down a 16 inch Y. No problem. So oh my gosh, that's interesting. But, but he, he swam right up to me and looked at me like six feet away. And then he was like, no, I don't like this. He went to turn and leave. And that's when I was like, <laughs> gotcha <Took> that shot <laughs> oh shit did you see him from a so that's no, why i didn't see him like, at you all were seeing, hun- you were seeing hundreds of walleyes and then just next day you went out and they were like Where the it wasn't fuck? even the next day it was like the it was the weekend the next weekend oh okay and we like we didn't see i think we got one one walleye that day it was sleeping in the grass and uh that was it like yeah. went from seeing hundreds of walleye you know in a weekend to one he was he was the one that got left behind. He wasn't he was I tell you what, I when those pikes showed up, those those uh those walleye were gone. So I I'm I'm not saying that was it, because obviously fish move, but when you go there, you know, five weeks in a row and every time there's no issues, and then all of a sudden there's these big pike that show up and then there's nothing around, like hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a genius, sure. but <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's wild. And did you see him from a long ways off or were you? No, just- he, he actually had like a weird, a cl- I would call it a cleft lip, but he had a, a weird cutout in his lip. He was probably about six or eight feet away. And I didn't even notice him because, he, you know, they're dark and green and they blend in really well. But I seen his teeth because you could see him through his mouth because his mouth had this weird cutout in yeah. it. And uh, when he, when I was looking, I thought it was like a piece of paper, like with like some jagged edges or something. Sure. And then when he turned, because he was like, "Oh, I've I've had enough of this," <laughs> or I've seen what I wanted really? to see. Were you I was like, like oh. in the weeds? You had yeah. to be, in- yeah, yeah. I was in the weeds, right on the top of the weeds. He was just above him, 
and uh yeah when i when i when he turned i was like oh god this is a big pike <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh you're coming i didn't like know how big he was like i knew he was big but i didn't know like how big he was and i he shot him and 40. I was like, yeah and I was pulled him up. is that the one was that like, you have on the instagram yeah that's the one yeah that's a tanker dude so yeah that was yeah that was my my master angler with a spear gun pike <laughs> I did shoot two master anglers. I shot a master angler walleye and I shot a master angler uh, northern pike. So. Like, what was the master angler walleye? What is that size? 10 pounds and, and 30 inches. I think it's got to be 30 pounds or 30 inches to uh, 30 qualify. Inches. Jesus. Yeah. And that one was another sleeper. It was just laying on the bottom. I seen it and I was like, okay, that's a good fish. I didn't know how big it was. Yeah. I just knew it was a good fish. And I was like, all right. Bigger than 13. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, look, got good shoulders on it looking away. Easy shot. Bam, yeah. stoned him. Went and grabbed him. Actually, it's a video on there somewhere. I, I pull up, I bring him up, and I'm like, whoo! <laughs> I'm like, that mama Dude. fat. I was like, she thick. And, uh, okay. Yeah, I took that one right up, and I was like, okay, duly noted. I, I that was the only one I ever shot that was even close to that size. That everything else was like six pounds or less. I did see one that was probably, God, I had to be close to 35 inches, probably 12, 13 pounds. No shit. Giant dude. It, it scared me. I thought I didn't know what it was. I was like, God, it's so big. I was like, that's not a wall. I mean, it seen <laughs> me. And it was like, and it I was basically going down the edge of a rock, you know, sand and rock. I was going on the edge and it was coming like this. And it seen me. And I kind of looked so at it. Like it coming was like, at you. Yeah. And then it like broke towards the rocks. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'll use the rock for cover. And I kind of went out the other side and, and she came over the top. And I was like, man, she is huge. And I was like, I was kind of like in that in between, like, am I going to take this fish? Am I not going to take this fish? And then she was like, gone. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, all right. Well, that's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what a giant. That's so cool that you could like, you know, you could the, every time you actually go fishing, you're like, dude, I bet, I bet I, I jigged my minnow past a tanker. Like oh, I, absolutely. I bet. Absolutely. I, I bet there's like 90 fish down there and I just didn't catch any. I would, yeah, I would say <laughs> that you uh, probably only catch about 10% of the fish that see your lure. I would yeah. almost guarantee that. Yeah. I would, I would literally would. I would right? literally say, because I like, and I don't know, right, like how many fish move through the Detroit River in the spring, um, but it's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of them, right? You're mm -hmm. catching limits. I would bet that that jig it passes in front of 20 fish before you hit one. Because <laughs> most of the really? time when you're jigging them or whatever, you're trolling them. I mean, yeah. you ever watch like the, the trolling videos for salmon? Yeah. Well, you'll have seven, 10 salmon check it out before one finally gets hooked. Right. And yeah. it's like, I bet the same kind of thing is true. I, most of the time you're probably, you know, you're floating it. They're going against the current and you're just like, whoop. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you just bring it up and it just happens to be the right spot. And they're like, ah, I'll go for it. <laughs> you know? so, like to me, it's like, yeah. Like how many fish are you passing? The majority of them. And then you're yeah. catching the, uh, the 10%. But. Did you, yeah, you bring up a good point. Did you ever, did you see any lake trout? Nope. Well, not that I can confirm. Okay. okay. So there was one time where it was in, uh, what was it? It was, uh, yeah, it was late late May, I think it was the 30th or 31st. And the water outside of the Harbor, super cold, super clear, not a fish to be seen. Come inside the Harbor, 10, maybe 10 foot viz, 
very dirty, much warmer. All the bait fish were inside the harbor. All the fish were inside the harbor. Now I've seen just about every fish in the Great Lakes swim. I haven't seen anything swim like that fish was swimming. And that fish was moving like a speed demon. That thing was moving quick. Now it was brown. It had a good wide body on it. And it didn't want to be anywhere near me. And <laughs> I cannot say with any kind of certainty that it was a lake trout. But I would, if you were like, John, was that a carp? I was like, no. Was it a pike? No. Was it a walleye? No. Was it a, you know, a 30-inch right. uh, smallmouth? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I bet that that was a lake trout. And I just was in the right spot at the right time. But, um, yeah, I've never trout. seen a salmon and I've never seen a lake trout. I've seen a sturgeon once. I've seen a muskie once. Um, the lake trout are just, they're just, they like deep, cold yeah. water. And I really don't feel like going yeah. diving in 37 degree water to try and That's shoot true. a lake trout. Ah, yeah. I say that, but I don't know. When I, <laughs> right. <really> doing. <laughs> when I first, I, at some point you will just to say you did. Right. I really did that. But <laughs> the, uh, yeah, when I first read the regulation or you on your post or something like that, it was like, uh, walleye Northern and lake trout. I was like, who the fuck is diving in a hundred feet of water? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like to go get a laker. I, I can dive down to a hundred feet. I uh I do not know where to find them lake trout in a hundred feet of water though. And you gotta remember too, once you get out in that water, a hundred feet in the in the Great Lakes at least, it gets dark. Like yeah. very dark. So you have you know, that's another one of those things. Like, sure, you can get down there. Are the fish going to be able to, are you going to be able to find them? Are they really? going to run away or are you going to be um, able to see them or whatever? You know, it's just like yeah. one of those things. It's like, you need a, you need a boat and you need a like pretty much like spot lock on a reef that like yeah, I, is a pinnacle out of a hundred. Yeah. That's, that's actually, someone was telling me about a spot like here on like that somewhere over near the Ontario line or something like that. Um, yeah. But I think the peak of that, of that ridge comes up to like, 83 feet of water oh so yeah i could probably like... dive to it um but man that would be uh that would be would, that, would, that's would, a 25 mile boat ride though it's like that's a whole yeah. mission in and of itself it's like we so i i've like salmon fished out of milwaukee mm -hmm. Lake michigan and um and we were fishing some pinnacles like that where we're in like 120 feet but it's just a giant pinnacle that comes up and it's not, it's not very big, maybe like 20 feet across, but it comes up to like 40 feet and then yeah. kind of like doing laps around this pinnacle. Right. Yep. Um, or this, they call they always call it a reef. I'm like, dude, it's just a straight. Is this like a rock or something like that? What's that? Just like a rock that just kind of. Yeah. It looks, I mean, it literally looks like someone sunk an 80 foot column. Like to, a okay. Boat. Like that's okay. what it looks yep. like. It's just a circle that just like, whoop, stick straight out of the bottom okay so wow. like that's what they were it wasn't like a hump it was okay just, yeah yeah i and i couldn't even tell you like uh, yeah but that's that that's what was showing on the graph and we were just kind of doing laps around it and every like two laps or so we'd pick up another one yeah so we we're just like driving in circles yeah <laughs> like a nascar race <laughs> <laughs> um so no, dude, that's this is this is so cool, and this is available to like non-residents. Like I could come to yep. anybody. Yep, anybody yeah. who can purchase a fishing license can do this. The only thing I do warn is that if you do come over here and you do do it, once you get that license, you're on the hook for monthly reporting 
for the year. Mm, yeah. So, sure. and, and please do that because that compliance on that is our, is our number one. So if you're going to do it, sure. great. Don't forget. Tell us. And you can, and here's another thing I tell people too. If you know you're only going spearfishing in, in Michigan in July or something like that, you can fill out for the rest of the year, August, September, all the way up through March 31st that, Hey, I didn't go. You can do that in one fail swoop. Right. You just make a report for every month. It's like literally, here's my number. I didn't go fishing. Save. Here's my number. I didn't go fishing. Save. Here's my number. And that's it. So it's not as difficult. They 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 did a really good job with the reporting system. It's yeah. very very um, fluid. You know, as is the way they do it. So uh, yeah. I highly recommend that if you okay. just understand, it. you want to go spearfishing fishing, great. You're going to be on the hook for reporting yeah. once you get that license. So, and that's another thing I tell people: don't get the license until the day or the day before you're going spearfishing. Like when my expires on March 31st, guess what? I'm not going to get one until at least May. So why is that? Because if I get it in April, now I have to report that I went fishing in April or whether I did or I didn't. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So it's like, yeah. if I know I'm not going to go, don't get the license. Sure. Wait, you know, try and get yeah. rid of the the opportunity to miss uh the miss a report and then bring our compliance numbers down. <laughs> right. But yeah. the the DNR does a good job to email remind people to to you know like, oh hey you're delinquent on two months for your reporting. Sure. Um, they do email people, but like I said, um, that's just another thing they have to do. I would prefer if everybody just did it when they're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it would help little tips, you know, just case. little tips. <laughs> yeah. It would help the overall case. Like, look, like we, we were able to get spearfishing available for you. Please just take two yes. minutes out of your time and fill this out. If you want. Yes, please. Like, that's all you gotta do. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, it would, it because would this is going to create, this is going to ensure the longevity. This is going to ensure, right. you know, Oh, maybe we'll get more waters. You know, if we can get good numbers and get, and they, you know, they, they judge it off of, uh, you know, like bass tournaments and, and things like that. Right. They are like, Oh yeah. Everybody in those categories are usually 95% compliance or above. Gotcha. Yeah. Why aren't you? Why can't you? I'm like, well, because we're not an organization. We are individuals. So it's a little yeah. different. <laughs> My own brother was is guilty of this. I had to call him like three times. Like, why haven't you filled out your reports? Because Dr. Herbst is the one who does all this. He would like text sure. me. He's like, hey, do you, do you know a Ben and, and Nathan Durka? They haven't filled out <laughs> the reports in two months. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like Nathan, My you were in the damn meeting with me, bro. Like, My own blood. You, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. It's like you're, it's like when, when you're trying to like, uh, organize a group or something like that. And you're one best friend. You're like, yo, bro, I just need you to do this. And he's like, all right, I got you. I got you. And he shows up without it. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, Damn it. <laughs> My bad, dude. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. oh, man. luckily he can fix it, but I was still like, Hey bro, you were part of this just as much as I was in the beginning. Like, Ugh. damn it. At least you can do is felt the report for me, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, John, we're going our hour and a half or so dude this has been really really fun and it's been very eye-opening like this is Good. this is awesome i appreciate the time man of course bro you haven't even asked me any questions about like the spear guns or anything i guess i didn't <laughs> yeah because i so i've been spear fishing i i know the rig that you're using so i was like oh, oh okay so and like that never crossed my mind tell me wait 
tell me about. So yeah, because I guess, I mean, so I've been when you were like, oh, I got wetsuit, weight belt, dive knife, mask, fins. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Check, check, check. It just never crossed my mind to ask. Yeah, about. <laughs> <It's all right>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, are you in, are you in deep for, um, what are you in now? Like you said, initially you can get going with like, well, a wetsuit's probably like a few hundred bucks, like yeah. a decent one. Um, and weight belt is probably like, what? what's a weight belt? Like 50 bucks? I, you know, I don't even know. It depends on which one you get, yeah. but you can get them anywhere. Yeah. From 30 to 50 bucks. seems like a, a good reasonable yeah. price. Yeah. Just make sure anything, if you, when it comes to that kind of shit, make sure it's got a quick connect, some kind of a, a quick yeah. release on it. Right. Because if you get into a situation, let's just say you shoot your spear and it gets stuck under a rock or it gets, you know, whatever, right. It gets jammed somewhere and you can't get it out. Um, let's just say you overextend yourself underneath the water. Now you're racing or you're deep and, you, and you're racing to get to the surface. If you pull your belt and you want to drop that thing because you, you know, you don't feel safe. That's going to give you that extra buoyancy. Yeah. Um, if that, if that prong that goes in the hole or, or the, the buckle or whatever, however it works, doesn't stay open that thing can get you know wrapped on you or you can stay on you when you want it to be off of you so to make sure you have a quick release weight belt is is very important okay for That's most fair. people there yeah um, what about flippers what do what do what are those run you and what are you looking for um i would say starting out you can get i mean if you want to get anything you can get anything like you know 12 15 20 bucks you know you can get cheap as you yeah. want you can go on, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the, the manufacturers for um, fins, uh, Spear America, or I don't know, um, uh, who are all these people? Uh, I know Mako makes them, and you know, the Marys. This is, I don't know, a lot of them are foreign companies too. Um, but you can go, I mean, you can get them anywhere from, I like the longer ones myself, they give you a little bit better uh, efficiency. Um, but you can okay. get them plastic for, I don't know, 80 bucks. Okay. Bucks. Um, I, I don't know. There are uh, kits you can get like, oh, you get, it comes with a mask, snorkel, dive knife, dive belt, fins. No shit. For okay. 190 bucks or something like that. So yeah. you can get, a lot of the shit's affordable, but then you can get into like the carbon fibers and all these crazy fins that are, you know, 600 bucks or something like that. Just wild amounts of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. There's, so, I mean, always, yeah, there's, there's you know, it's just like anything there's, yeah. there's levels to that shit, right? right? You can there's get a $200 spear gun. Yeah. You can get a $2,000 spear gun. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, that makes, that makes sense. What's, what's like a good resource. Do you, do you have content on this or is there like a good, like YouTube resource that you used when you were first getting going or something like that? Um, yeah, you can, I, I think that's you probably the best. you start Googling those things, shit starts popping them. I kind of did some reviews back in the day of like some shit I got, um, on my YouTube channel, but I mean, yeah, you can just be like beginner, you know, spearfishing yeah. setup or something like yeah. that. And you'll, you'll, you'll go down the rabbit hole. You'll find what you're looking yeah. for. A lot, a lot of the good, one of the things I tell a lot of people to do is, is just go on a website where, you know, like Spear America, you can go on there and, you can just make a cart and just start adding shit to it. Oh, I like this. Oh, I like that. Okay, where's my price point? Oh, I'm at $1,800. That's way too fucking much. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe I should right. drop off those carbon fiber things. Yeah, all right. Let's go find something better, right? And just kind of narrow it down. Right. Okay, how much weight do I need? Is that the right wetsuit? Let me see if I can find something maybe secondhand. 
yeah that was a lot of the shit i did was secondhand or you know go on well i don't use craigslist anymore but craigslist was a little bit back in the day you find shit on there marketplace was coming around gotcha those are good good resources but uh one of the things I, I do like to tell people, like, so two things about spear guns, right? Like effective range. That was, I yeah. probably should have answered let's, that question. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk guns. One of the things is, yeah, effective range. So in Michigan, we have a regulation that says you can't have your uh, spear, it has to be tethered to your spear gun with a line that doesn't exceed 20 feet, right? Okay. So that's by definition, that's its maximum effective range is 20 feet, right? It cannot, it cannot hard, shoot. That's hard to shoot that far. Yeah, you know, I say beans. If you've gone spearfishing, twenty feet is not even for right. the most time is not even a real shot, right? Yeah. You're fifteen feet or closer, right? Yeah, and that's a push, right? I've shot two fish out of 15, 16 feet. Like my my line, I had three. I had a double wrap on mine, and my my line was flunk. It pulled, <laughs> and my spear shaft was about that far through the fish, right? So <laughs> my my line's about you know fifteen feet. So I was like, that's 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 about it's that's, it. that's the range. Where's um, most of your shots? Like six to eight? Yeah, I would, that's that's when you're you know maybe I've probably pushed a little bit out there in the 10, 12 foot range, but generally speaking, I'm shooting most of these fish about eight or ten feet. Yeah, that's probably where that's like you know, and that's. Some some of my friends, you'll notice, you know, you. The, that's another thing you'll notice too, as the waves and current shit. Your you know your steadiness gets off when you're floating in the water column. It's yeah. off. It's not easy just to hold that thing steady. Shoot. That's one of the reasons I like being on the bottom. Is like if you can yeah. hold on to something and lay smooth or <clears throat> lay calmly on the bottom, and those fish come in and start investigating. Now you're just you're steady. Yeah. And you can do that. So how long, like, I'm, I'm sure it depends on how deep you are, but how long are you generally sitting on the bottom? Like when you're like trying to shoot one and like, I mean, can you, are you sitting there for like 30 seconds or are you sitting there for like two minutes? Or... Uh, it just depends on the day. Just like when you're yes. deer hunting, sometimes deer are so skittish. You, you know, as soon as you see them, they walk into the field, they look and they say, no, I'm out of here. Right. And then yeah. other times they'll walk up to your tree and look at you and be like, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, it's most of the time it varies. Um, on the time, just the, I don't know, the fish generally. I don't sure. know. No, that's a, that's a bad, that was a bad question. Like, I mean, you're sitting, you, you say you're sitting on the bottom. Like, I like to, you yep. said, I like to go down there and sit on the bottom. Like, I, like what are you're doing that because there's fish in the area and you're hanging out and you're just like yeah. waiting for them to come back kind of yeah so one of the things the fish don't like is when you dive bomb on them right you come in okay. you're on the surface let's say you see them fish you you take a dive those fish are like hell no i'm out of here right because they can you know to a reasonable level kind of see or you know they know what your intent is right and so they say no i'm out of here right this yeah. big ass black thing coming down from the surface. I'm out of here. No, I don't want anything to do with that. Right. And they'll swim away. So one yeah. of the things that you do to kind of mitigate that is you dive, you get to the bottom and then you either swim along the bottom or you just stay put and let their curiosity get the better of them. And then that's where you start throwing rocks around, throwing sand around, yeah. moving your fingers, you get them to come in. That's why I like staying on the bottom. And then it gives you a better opportunity to look at the fish that are coming in and, and make that right. judgment on which fish them. you want. Yeah. But there's other situations like that. when you're in the weeds, the weeds um, hide the fish a lot better and hide you better. So you have to kind of move around and, and search through the weeds a little bit better to get on those fish too. So just gotcha. all just a, you know, 
just a game of learning and figuring it out, you know, (laughs) (laughs) for sure. And you said that you have, you have like a a band gun or rubber band gun or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two band gun. Yep. Yeah. So that's, and that my buddy Reed was a big player in that because I didn't really know what I was doing, but he was like, he's like, I'll tell you what, man. He's like, two bands are always better than one because you break one. You have a second one. You don't ruin your trip. And then, and then you can, you know, level up, power up, if you will, or power down in certain situations, right? Like there's been a couple of times where I've seen fish sitting next to rocks or on rocks or shit like that. And I don't want to blast that fish and hit the rock behind it and potentially blunt or bend my yeah. spear shaft. Right. Cause if you do that pretty much trips over. Um, so, you know, I'll release the one and then, you know, take real close aim and make sure I, you know, am not as powered up. So I don't have as right. much likelihood of, you know, destroying my spear shaft. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Cause a lot of, a lot of this, you don't understand. Like you go out there and one thing goes wrong with your spear gun, your trips over. <laughs> you're not hunting anymore you're done right that's right so do you have a, a spare gun or no i have a couple extra guns i've never bought them though. i was unless i'm bringing it for somebody else i've always just um just bought my one have you I ever trust had, it you know have you ever had it where your trip was over nope <laughs> nope i've been very like, very fortunate <laughs> yeah you're just always cautious like if if this seems a little sketch I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I've I've blasted in the rocks a hundred times. <laughs> I don't know those, these spear shafts would be durable. I don't know, but um, unless I that I have, I always have a second spear shaft, Justin. Okay, gotcha. Um, like a band, and this it's just like uh, bows and arrows or guns or whatever. You can rig them a hundred different ways. Sure. Uh, well, I shouldn't say it like that, but um, you can bring rigging gear, right? If I need to bring bands and wishbones and shit like that, I can bring all that. And, and if something goes wrong with my shit, I can make it up. Um, when are I'm you, on the water or something like that. Yeah. That, that means, are you usually diving from shore? What is your, what, like, what would you say you're usually doing? Before, before this year, I was mostly diving from shore. I bring a kayak or something like that. I've been on a boat a couple of times, but this year, my buddy, a guy, um, he actually posted in a, in a fishing group on Saginaw Bay. He was just like, Hey, I'm going spear fishing on Saginaw Bay. I got a spot on the boat. If anybody wants to come. And I was like, Hey, I'm in, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in right. And then he, he brought me out there and he's like, so you're the guy who did all this. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, Oh, this is awesome. He's like, thanks. He bought me breakfast and all that shit. So we go out, we get skunked. We did it like three trips in May, right? We get absolutely skunked. Not a fish to no be seen. Shit. We're like, man, we suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> we were like laughing at ourselves, right? Because we were like putting in all this effort. And there's all these boats that are trolling and pulling limits. And we're like, is the water just so dirty in the part of uh, the Saginaw Bay that we were in? We just literally couldn't see more than like five, six feet. But we wanted to be the, we one of the first to get a wall, you know? Like, oh, I got to be yeah. the first and uh street cred or whatever yeah yeah and uh yeah we were like all right well we suck at this and then i went to another spot that i'd been spearfishing before and i knew that the walleye were thick in there but i didn't know if i could trust this guy right (laughs) so i took my kayak (laughs) out there and i you know shot a limit of them and uh and i was like all right riley i was like if i take you out here i was like we don't tell nobody this is our little secret right or whatever and uh so he brought his boat and uh we got a good day of walleye fishing in and uh 
And basically every time after that, he was like, you ain't going without me. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, basically every time after that, I, I, I can't, I can't say I went shore diving probably once this summer. So every other time I was on a boat. No shit. That's cool. That's so, fun. I have my own boat, uh, but I just don't like hauling it three hours to go spearfishing. He lives in Midland, so he's close to the bay, and yeah. most of the driving is a little bit closer for him. So, um, but yeah, most of my diving this year was on a boat. Uh, but most of the time, you know. Yeah, I ask because it's got to be easier to like carry spare parts and all that stuff. Like, yeah, you exactly. got a boat like right there. Where are you? Yeah, when you go shore diving, you're bringing the essentials, right? You're just bringing yeah. a diver down flag, a stringer um maybe that extra spear shaft and like your your little dry box for your licenses and your phone and keys or whatever mm. um but that's usually about it and then because you want to travel light because you, you know yeah you don't want to swim with all that shit yeah exactly <laughs> it's already enough to pull all that shit with you i'd be and like you're gonna be, throw fish on it a, too <laughs> i and for me it'd be like a prerequisite to like have some sort of boat <laughs> be like unless i'm like just like my wife's hanging out on shore reading a book and I'm just going to pop off yeah. the break wall oh, or that's something. That's what a lot of it is too. That's yeah. what a lot of it is. A lot, I think, and that's one of the things I like the most about it is that it's given, you know, your average guy an opportunity to just walk off the beach and, and get a fish that he probably wouldn't normally catch. Right. You know, unless, yeah. you know, a lot of those walleyes, at least in the daytime, like I said, are sleeping in those areas. They're not only just uh, there, but they're, they're conditioned to fishermen, right? Yeah. They know what's there, but a lot of those fish don't bite until nighttime. You know, a lot of these places on the piers and shit like that, I'll see hundreds of walleye, but they don't bite. They don't bite shit. They know because they're like, they're here. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but you come back at night and all those fish will bite. All those fish will bite. Yeah, and I asked one of the videos I think I'm going to do this summer. I'm going to do a, uh, uh, a comparison. I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to go spear fishing this afternoon i'm gonna see how long it takes me see how many fish i get and then i'm gonna go out at midnight the next day right and then take a hook and line and see if i can catch a limit of walleye that way <laughs> yeah dude, see which one's faster and more effective <laughs> no shit and you'll be like all right i was here yesterday i know there's a boatload of them i know they're here exactly <laughs> yeah oh dude, that's great is there anything else about the guns that you wanted uh like, cause I mean, you, you load them, you, it's a, you can look it up on, on YouTube. It's a two band yep. gun. You kind of like stretch them out. It's kind of like, um, I don't know. It's kind of like a crossbow. It kind of looks like. Yeah. Say, yeah. It's got a, yeah. Right? It's got a trigger mechanism and, uh, I mean, just it's, it's line of sight. There's no, I don't know. Scope. Know. Sight. Scope or yeah. Or yeah. Iron sight. Eyeball eyeball like yeah. You're just eyeballing. You're just looking right down and, the shaft. When you get them close, you know, you can right. easily be like, okay, yep, that's gonna, that's gonna get the side of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, just other than yeah. like just gun safety, I guess there's not really much to them. <laughs> I mean, you, it's, it's, yeah. that is a real thing though. Oh, yeah. Just be careful, man. That is a loaded, I know it's effective distance isn't, you know, very far, not like a rifle and it's not gonna impact you like a bullet would, but it will absolutely spear your ass and it doesn't care. So, and it can go through your face and go through your body. Like they're, they, they come out with a lot of heat and they have a lot of mass behind them, you know, yeah. like a, just like a big heavy arrow. Uh -huh. So you have to be, you know, I've, I've dealt with people where I'm just like, bro, keep that fucking thing away from me. No <laughs> point shit. it somewhere else, man. Like just point it where you're swimming. 
keep it right close to you or something, but do not fucking point that thing. And they're just careless with them sometimes. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I was in a situation like that one time. I was like, bro, you know that that thing will kill me. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of them don't even have safeties on it, which was mind-blowing yeah. to me. <laughs> I was like, why we have these, these spear guns with shafts that you can easily hurt somebody with. And no. they don't have safeties on them. They're just like, ah, safeties are for yeah. losers. <laughs> <laughs> safeties are for unsafe people. We're safe. Right. And I'm like, but then these people will take your, their spear guns fully loaded and just chuck them into boats. And I'm just like, man, that is just reckless. <laughs> that is very reckless. Yeah. Like, I'll load but, that fucker before. Shoot it, dude. Well, a lot of the saltwater guys also, like, when you have to like they're chasing schools of fish right pelagics for example wahoo tuna or yeah. whatever they're mahi whatever they're chasing like they'll chase them in a boat right like they'll like the bait's hitting here they'll run up you have to have you have to be ready to go there's no jumping in loading your gun you have to be ready right. to jump in and dive so like unloading guns to them is is not uh, a possibility because if you do that you're not getting any fish <laughs> no so well, yeah, just, well, when you come back into the boat, like you can load it once you're in the boat. Oh, no, because you know what they do? They hand it to the guy in the boat. He sets it down. They climb back in and we're off chasing that school, you know, just down the way, you know, they're just chasing right. it, trying yeah. to turn it off. Okay. And that's ocean. Ocean fishing is a whole nother game. That's yeah. not even comparable to freshwater spear fishing, <laughs> but um, just the methods yeah. and the fish just generally. I mean, you can shoot, you know, 200 pound, 300 pound tuna. Or, you know, hundred pound cobia or, or whatever, you know, and it's just like it's it's a whole nother game. And all those fish are so much more powerful. You shoot a walleye, man, the thing goes is dead pretty right. much yeah. right away. You shoot a you know 40 pound cobia, you're fighting your for your life for that thing. <laughs> Dude, I think yeah. Right. So and that's I did some saltwater spear fishing with some guys who went all the time. I didn't get a fish, I shot a few times. Um, but uh but yeah, they had shot a couple of fish that were just like, they popped up to the surface and they were like, yo, come help me. Yeah, exactly. You're like, <laughs> just come like you know, big, like imagine a smallie, like, you know, a 20 inch smallie, but like double it to like 40. Oh, you're talking like some grouper. Yeah. yeah. Just some giant, you know, yep. just pure muscle, pure muscle yep. fish that are trying to pull them around. Oh um, yeah. Yep. So. And they're probably being chased by sharks and they're running even harder too or whatever <laughs> it is, you know? Shit. Yeah, I did that back in January, man. I was like, oh, this is so cool. It is cool. <laughs> you get down there, it's just schools of Jack Travel swimming around you, 10 foot bull sharks swimming right past Goliath groupers and Hermit oh, and Cobia and, and everything. And you're just like, what in the hell? I was not, I was not in that scenario. And I would oh, not like, that shit would freak me the fuck out. <laughs> Dude, it's insane. You're just like, you're literally spazzing, you know, you're just like ah you can't even hold your breath like for more than 40 seconds because you're just your heart you know there's so many things you're looking at and you're just like oh you're it's so wonderful (laughs) it is it is all right man i'm gonna let's wrap this let's wrap this thing up i want uh, where can where can people where can people find you oh you find me on uh you know instagram for purely michigan spearfishing purely mi spearfishing that's uh instagram youtube uh, then on Facebook, we're Michigan Spearfishing Association, and uh, that's our website, too, if you want to come join up. Support the cause. We have a tournament every year. Um, we're going to do that again. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then, yeah, Facebook and, uh, and our website for uh, Michigan Spearfishing Association, and then Purely Michigan Spearfishing for Instagram and YouTube. All right. 
So I'll put I'll put I'll put a bunch of those in the show notes for everybody listening. Like, uh, yeah, you can go check check the check the show notes. You'll find it all, and you'll find John's John's first name, last name, all this stuff. Perfect. And the Michigan Spear Fishing Association, because you're the president of it, right? Yeah, they handed yeah. it over. Aaron Dahlman, he started it uh, originally to get the order changed. So when I got the order changed. He's just like, well, obviously you care more about this than I do. It's yours and I'll have it. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. That's Thanks, funny. sir. <laughs> so now I'm in charge of all this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I bet he was happy to get it off the plate. He was like, here you go, buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I'll it's re- good things. Good things happen, right? Yeah, exactly. No, everybody everybody listening, this is this is pretty cool. And if you can get a chance to get out there, um, give it a go. It's it's one of the few states that allow it. I know in, in Wisconsin, we don't have it yet. We may have it. I don't know. I'll be coming for you guys inside of the state. Don't worry. Yeah, right? um, but uh, no, that's that's so awesome. So thank you. Thank you, John, for taking the time. I know it's late no for you. No problem, man. Um, but yeah, well, I'll have to check this out. And maybe like mid, mid-season, like June, have you back on to start talking about what you're up to and Hell yeah, bro. Um, limits you've gotten and you gotta come over and try it though. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> I'm thinking about a way I can get over there. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's just across the pond. Just take the ferry. I'll meet you over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna make it easy. All right. Hey man, that's what it's we'll all about, out. man. <laughs> we'll figure dude, we'll figure this out for sure. I can make we can make this happen in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I was thinking if, about if June's my- a good month, if June is a good month for you, that's a good month for me. Okay, it is. It is. And and I got some buddies that always do a Lake Erie trip. And oh, they, would not, they would not do a spear fishing trip, but they would definitely do like a Saginaw Bay trip. And if that's the case, like I'll be like, Yeah, we'll all go. We'll get an Airbnb and whatnot. I'm gonna go try like shooting fish for a few days. You guys can just troll around like you like to. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Dude, just this is put awesome. it in the calendar somewhere and then we'll make it happen. <laughs> All right. I'll send it. I'll send you the dates. I'll send you a calendar invite. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for the time, John. Really appreciate it, dude. No problem. Nice talking to you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Bye. See ya.